All right. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Um, oh, my God. Look, at we're trying to fucking warm me up here <laughs> <laughs> with the blue. <laughs> with the blue. Anyway, we got a guest this week. Um, it could have been, like, bluer. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, this isn't baby blue. This is sort of like, is it going to rain? blue um, my guest this week has a special that he did with atc called the killing in chicago that has been killing on social media clips going up getting a million and a half views the man the myth the rose bowl tailgate legend the one and only mr joe bartnick <laughs> what's up bill yeah we are here to promote you. i'll tell you what's up we're here to promote your special and you got a miner's cough or something what what's happened with you uh yeah i've been sick for a couple of weeks but it's not covid covid i can handle i've had covid like three times this is worse oh all right well where what funny bone did you just come back from <laughs> <laughs> i just what did comedy condo <laughs> that's what my wife is claiming i'm like no i was in a nice hotel i Got sick at, well, I kind of went, I don't know, Steve Byrne, the goddamn comedy jam for the Lemieux benefit. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of fun. I actually took it easy. I took it easy until the plane ride home. You know how they simmer at like 10,000 feet and everyone's ears go? Mm -hmm. I went deaf for like a week. I still can't really hear out of this one side of my, fit, my head. Okay. Yeah. There's but, a lot there. All right. So you were, you were at the goddamn comedy jam in Pittsburgh. Guess Have what you, song I sang? I heard. Dirty deeds. Oh, okay. And I heard you killed it. I did well. After my last debacle trying to do the gambler at the All Things Comedy. Uh, oh, no. If you can't really carry a tune, you need something up-tempo. I can't carry a tune in a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> let alone the fact that everybody knows, like, the gambler, like, the five lines. Everybody knows. Yeah, you got... There's, the like, a book. It's like a Bob Dylan song before and after all those words and i didn't know any of them he called me the morning hey, you were still doing the show i'm like oh yeah it was a it was a debacle you were there was i there for that one yeah you were there we did it like we did it like coyote ugly style like on top of a bar and like the chicago blackhawks were there heckling me it was one of the worst uh, i wasn't there for that okay no i would have remembered that the blackhawks were heckling well then they you still killed <laughs> in, your, in, in your own way, right? Well, Dave Boland and his guys, so they, you know, they're they're good people. Yeah, but it was a disaster. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna sugarcoat how awful it was. <laughs> I didn't get it done. I have no one to blame but myself, <laughs> yeah, and you know? all I can do is, uh, you know, you go up to the podium after a loss and you take it like a man. Yeah. No, I had to take that one like a man. It was yeah. terrible. You don't blame your teammates. No, you don't. I'm not, I'm not a finger pointer. Yes, finger pointers. That's a big. That's a big uh, Joey B thing. Finger pointers never win championships. They don't. You see a quarterback coming off the field pointing fingers, never have a ring. It's the guys that. What about Tom Brady? He used to rip into guys. Did he point fingers running off the field though? I think he was more like this. He karate chopped. Yeah, that's that, that, that's less of a. It's kind of like a, a uh, overall a, you, not you. It's not. It's not accusatory. Yes, it could be the offensive line. It could be. The, it could be the ref. Could and, be Belichick. It could be himself. And the murderer it, is that yeah, man right it's there. Not, you ran the wrong route. You know? I don't know if he did that. He just sort of would like lean over and would sort of like, uh, yeah. I, see, I, I definitely see, uh, I can see that. But anyway, I, I have to be honest with you. I am so proud of this special that, and to have my you. name on it. I just feel like it's this. Guest starring in it as well. Oh, yeah. I do a little, a little sketch in there. Um, 
that I just when I watch the clips, it's like this could have came out today. This could have came out. It's like 20 years ago. It's like timeless material. And then with the mustache and the fucking uh, <laughs> the the Russian dictator fucking do you got going. It just looks, it just looks like somebody's like linebackers coach went up there and did stand up. And I uh, I'm so thrilled the way it's performed. If you guys just want unfiltered like what you know somebody just going up there saying what they're thinking which i think is really something to uh uh protect at this point everybody's so fucking afraid that you know you're gonna say something uh and, and but i, I kind of feel like that's even over i think everyone's like all right all right like what did we just do for like the last fucking five years we let these fucking fascist nerds who acted <laughs> like they were cool people but they weren't. They just had their own fuck. They ended up being just like the people they were trying to stop. But like they, they had like they were sort of warm and fuzzy about it. Did I lose uh, you on that one. A little bit. But you know what? The thing is, is thank you for the compliment. But also, watching you all these years, you're the one of the most fearless guys out there. So how can I sit next to you? It's like batting behind DiMaggio. How can I be in the on deck circle and be like? Huh, My shit jokes are pretty fearless, Joe. No. I get out there uh, and I sling but it. Seriously, you right say what you... Right from the fucking anus. You have no fear on what you say, and I think that's the whole key of comedy. If you're scared, no, because you know don't what? say it. No, because my whole thing is I'm not being malicious. I'm being silly. So if you want to take it serious, take it seriously. But, I mean, that's not my fucking fault that you decided then to go that route. And if you don't like it, there is literally 10,000 fucking stand-up specials. <laughs> That you could watch. 10,000 other ones. But, Did my arms disappear into, <laughs> the, into the fucking... But that's ether? me, though, as far as, you know, um, I'm not malicious in anything I say, you know? I, I know, I, but you know what I love the night when you did the thing? When you, when you, when you, uh, when you did the special, you still hadn't got your back surgery, right? No, that's why if you, if you look close enough, you can see my dead leg. <laughs> yeah, so you were playing hurt. It was like deep into the fucking Stanley Cup run. <laughs> And you went out there like Messier, and I was getting sick because I couldn't go to the after party. Um, I was all run down, and I flew into Chicago. Me and Verzi surprised you, and you went out on the first one, and I remember Bertolina was going like, dude, we got it. We got it. So we were like, Joe, we got it. You were like, you were like I just don't want to let you guys down, big fucking St. Bernard that you are. And then the <laughs> second one, dude, you went out there. There's something about like your, 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 on, the, on the final one. I just love the pacing of it, the confidence you're seasoned and all of that and it's just such a uh it reminded me of like the first time i saw you at the punchline <laughs> when i remember just going like this fucking guy who is this guy this guy does not give a shit and it's like uh it's kind of what i i hope for in every comedian regardless of what style regardless of what their opinion is what i hope every time i see a comic is like just please just say what you want to say and how it, but you know, obviously, don't. I mean, I don't want to listen to some person that's like, you know, being like, you know, actually going up there being fucking stupid, but like right. just just being silly and and having having a good time. I fucking love the special. I love the way it looks. You guys got to check it out. Uh, we got we've we, we've been doing how they knew the new ones come out. You know, you put out a few clips, you get people excited, sort of like a stand up trailer, and then we should. I think we're gonna have the whole thing up on our YouTube channel. Uh, in August, and this guy's going to be headlining around the country. It's actually the middle of September. Middle of September. Because we're going to even right. it out with my week at XM Radio. Beautiful. 
It's your idea, the summer okay. of Bartnick. Summer of Bartnick. How much more? How much more can you do for me, Bill? Huh? You got my dad to the Masters. You got me a comedy special. How much fun was that? <laughs> the Masters was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible, dude. The first day, I felt like I was at a Big Ten football game. It was like so fucking cold, and we're all dressed like we're going to see golf. And then the next day, it was like oh, it was like ungodly hot. Well, actually, next day wasn't that. It was actually a bet much better day. But, but it's that- exactly what you look like if in on television. It's that beautiful. Yeah. It really is. Like that bridge, it's uh-huh. right there. I'm in, I'm in corner. Yeah. And all of that. Yeah, we always seem to end up on, uh, was it 15? It's a. It's got like the, uh, most guys try to lay up right before it. There's a, and there's a par three right after it. I always forget if it's 15 or six. If that's 15 and six. I think that's 15 and 16 because then it's, no, I think it's 14 and 15 because then it's 16, 17, 18. I forget. All I know, that was the... Yeah, uh, numbers. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But you know what I did? I Before we went there, I watched uh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, they pick it up on... It's on YouTube, the full thing on his back nine uh, on the final day when he picked up... He was like down like four or five strokes and it was just... That's that one where he... he he walks oh, yeah, towards yeah. with the yes, putter. Yes, sir. Yeah. It was just... Uh, I watched that one. Jack Nicholson. What did I say? Nicholson? Yeah. I always do that. Jack Nichols, thank you. Here's Alan. Johnny coming up yeah, 18. Yeah. <laughs> that's an over the top. Whenever you see me lining up a pot, whatever the <laughs> fuck you think, he's he's. That's probably the most frightening he ever was. Oh, the shot! Yeah, he's nuts. Yeah, absolutely nuts. It's scary. My daughter just, just had to watch that for film school. I'm like, up, how cool is your? I'm paying for this college. You're watching The Shining for fun. This is great. I know. And there's something about the what's what's the woman who uh, and I just spaced Shelley it. Duvall. Shelley Duvall is like you feel for her, and she's also fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, I mean you don't want her dead, but you want her like to go away. <laughs> yeah, like just get in the hatchback and just let Jack go fucking crazy because it just I don't you know what it is. Too? I think when I watch it, I kind of in her I see myself sometimes when I'm just fucking playing the victim and being helpless. There's just something about it where she have a fucking bat. He's a writer. How tough can he be? <laughs> Just fucking hit him in the head. It's not like he's a fucking plumber going nuts. He fucking writes shit. Right. Sitting in a typewriter. Good Lord. <laughs> he's got uh, carpal tunnel. He yeah. can't even, <laughs> how does he even swing his axe? How does he hold the, uh, does he hold the fucking handle? Um, by the way, dude, uh, tonight and tomorrow, there's a double feature at the New Beverly Cinema. Uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh. Fistful of dollars and, and something else. It's not the good, the bad, and the ugly. This, there's some, uh, I mean, that, that thing, I'm telling you, it's that, that fucking movie theater, the, the films that they have coming up, they got three o'clock high. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Playing at 3 p.m. because everything Tarantino does is fucking cool, and then he adds another layer of fucking cool to it. My favorite Clint cheap western, though, is Hang 'em High. That's a great one. And he's like, yeah, next time you hang a man, do it right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it, Clint. No, but, that's a good one. But I, oh, it just, the, I mean, Clint is just the best. He really is. He well, kills me. Do you know the one that I, Joe is, um, is a connoisseur of old television. And me old, TV. And no, old, I was the comedy film. of magic and I was the youngest comic except for maybe Suba uh-huh. uh, by like 25 years. And even those guys don't watch me TV plus. <laughs> like, me TV plus. I, I, I Her- could be 70. <laughs> Heroes and icons. He's got me taping Kojak. I watched Kojak last night and it was so cool. Like uh, I put it on. I was like, ah, is Nia going to like this? And she was just sort of like, you know, she was kind of looking at her phone and she kind of just, 
She goes, can we watch that intro again? She goes, that's kind of low key, the shit. And I and she watched it again. She filmed it. I think she put it on Instagram stories. So it was it was. Yeah, I know you've seen them all. It's that two parter where the uh, Chinatown Wars. Oh my God! Uh, they the st- they start kidnapping yeah, the mob Don guys. Cheech. Oh yeah, he's up there. He's, he's a worse cough than me. He's gonna die. How bad is that makeup? It looks. <laughs> he looks like me. He's laying in that bed. Like if it wasn't you, then who was it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Everyone just doing a bad Marlon Brando for the next five years on television. Great call. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, like every mob boss after that. Because I've seen, I watch every 70s detective show after that. But yeah, it's amazing. The, other, the one that's now, it's on, only on once a week. I actually, as a gift one time, gave you the complete series on, on MeTV Plus, The Untouchables. Untouchables. Sunday night at 8. I still have to get an external hard drive so I can I can watch it. But I, I've watched, as far as the Untouchables, I watched uh, all of season three, four, and five, and then half of season one. So I only have one and a half seasons to watch of that. Uh, uh, I got seventy seven Sunset Strip. I watched most of that. <laughs> I'll tell you what's kind of badass is the last season. They fired everybody except for Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. And it's one season, and it's way darker. Where it you it was sort of. Um, a little kitschy and, and like it was lighter even though people would get shot and stuff like that yeah. but what's cool about that series is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Um, for whatever reason he, he was like a Ford Thunderbird guy and every year they must have had a deal with Ford every year he had the new Ford Thunderbird and it was the first time that I saw they had this option where like the wheel like the, the steering wheel got out of the way they literally did it to show the option. He opened the door. He hits this button. The steering wheel literally moves over to the side. And then <laughs> his driver's side chair spun around like that. It was like the ultimate in luck. I think that was the beginning of Americans getting fatter. Like, oh, let me get everything out of the... It was everything but they, a mechanic coming up and taking the fucking hinges off the driver's side door. But um, because of you, I've watched all these. All the Peter Guns. I've watched a lot of the Peter Gun ones. And then... Uh, and then I, I, I've watched, I'm starting to get into like the Kojaks. The later seasons, eh, but the early ones. No, yeah, oh. the, first, the first bunch. You know, they're all directed by Leo Penn. And he is? Sean Penn's dad. No way. And that was, I mean. Just when I thought Sean Penn couldn't be cool enough. I, oh, I know, because when he came over, and he, he bowed to me like great, great set uh, the other night or a couple months ago. Right. I was like, yeah. You know, you're big on two. It's like, never talk to a famous person about what everyone, hey, oh, and I was yeah. going to say, were you ever on the set of Kojak? Like, how sweet was Did you that ask him? No, because I, he was, he was walking fast. I, you know, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey. I mean, that's probably something he, yeah, he never hears. You know my thing. I know how to hang. I don't want to bother people. Like yeah. He's coming through because I, I it was funny because I was actually going up to Josh. I go, Hey, Josh, he's all bark neck and he punches me like he does. Yeah. And that's, I didn't even know Sean was right behind him. And that's why Sean just turned around and bowed. And he goes, Great set tonight. Oh, and yeah. I was like, Whoa. And then Shay was like, Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was a big night. That <laughs> 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 was some random night we, we did at the uh, the Knights of Columbus there, whatever the fuck you call it. Oh, the, uh, the um, uh, you know, it's the uh, American Legion. American Legion. I always combine all of those in my head. Um, uh, They're all good for three dollar beers. Yeah, John Stites. Yeah, hook yes. that up. I'm an honorary member over there. Yes, me and DeRosa who have our, our McHale's <laughs> Navy hats. They Never wanted, fought in a war, but we'll come down here and uh, do a show for you. They wanted to induct me because you know my whole family's veterans, so I could get, I could get in by that way. You know, like uh, you don't want to get in that way. Well, that that's like it, how George W. got into Yale. Well, the other thing, <laughs> but, but, but my thing is, I don't I don't need a place. I don't need a place that we play cards every night with. 
$2 beers. Like, that's just a DUI. Like, I, I don't need that. Oh, that would be death for me Like if, if, I, went, if I went back to that. Like, I, I had a few really good nights of drinking there and smoking, um, you know. So now I just go there and I, I do shows for, like, the troops and stuff like that. But, yeah, so that night that we were there... There was some heavy hitters. There were some big boys. You heavy know, was, hitters in the crowd. Yeah, we had a, we had fun. I'm actually the last official person to drink with you at the Michigan Ohio State game that we watched at my house. Yes, we drank the Kentucky Owl. Yeah, Joe, Joe, uh, that's your claim to fame. It's, like, it's like one you, of them. You, you've, you've sent like a number of people to rehab. Uh, yeah, a few, a few men and uh, four women that have hit rock bottom because of me. <laughs> <laughs> And he just keeps going, dude. You are like, I'm telling you. You're, what am I going to do? I mean, I mean, you know. I you, think that's why you watch all those old shows. And I think the vibe of your your stand-up special, everything about you, is it's like you were born in the wrong time. I totally or, was born in the wrong time. Or Pittsburgh just stayed in like this bubble, like, like a sci-fi movie. As everything else sort of progressed, whatever that means. There it is really a lot just of- means you're just change in attitudes toward i don't think it's because it's just every era just seems oppressive <laughs> well there is a lot of, there is a lot of pittsburgh that is still in the bubble but it's also a very progressive city and it's a lot of great things happening in pittsburgh right now which you I know it's fucking, a great i would live there a, in a minute if i wasn't in this business i uh, fucking me love me there. too but growing up in pittsburgh you know my grandfather used to uh own uh, owned a bar a long time ago and he was always in bars and i grew up in bars since i was a little kid so that whole being around adults in that era that to me is like that's that's what life is being an adult, I know. you know so when you said that i've I, continued I, that into my adult life and I don't know how to be any other way. And I respect people. I'm good to people. And uh, just chill out. Relax. Yes. <laughs> have a cocktail. Have a cigar. <laughs> Listen to some good music. What else is there? You know what's funny? Yeah. I'm picturing the bars that you were in. It's that brown door with the round, you know, window. Yeah. And then, like, the stain felt on the pool table. The fucking cigarette machines. Oh, what? I had, you know yeah. what I used to love about those places? When you go to a real dive. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the 80s, we used to try to like drink underage is when you would get there and they'd have Budweiser on tap and they they poured it to you. And like, it was really like an eight ounce glass. Sure. Or maybe maybe it was like a 10 ounce glass, but it was something it wasn't quite a full beer. And you'd just be throwing those fucking <laughs> things back. And they would always be like, uh, you know, just a couple of regulars hanging there, you know, that j- just with it. Like one of the great stories I ever heard was this guy who, who you know, he's, he doesn't drink anymore. But like he, he basically lost everything to drink. And he told me, he goes, dude, you know what my favorite thing to do? Because f- we were talking about day drinking, which is what I really miss the most, is he goes, dude, I used to go out. My favorite thing to do, he goes, I'd wake up around 11. And he goes, I'd go out and I'd buy the paper. And then I'd go right to the bar and he would get his first drink. And he goes, I would just sit there and I would read the paper cover to cover, which was funny to me because he was this really informed raging alcoholic and then he goes he would drink till four go home pass out and then go go out again and pass out again and it was just doing that night after night this guy would have died but i mean the beginning part though dude well that's why miller high life is my favorite beer because it's the best beer to drink in the morning it is what, it, what, what is the average like when you, you you start to get going oh we've had a couple of good ones do you remember that time we went to that fucking i didn't even let you answer the question when do you start Oh, drinking? I don't, I don't drink every. I don't mind a couple morning cocktails. I don't really drink. I don't. I certainly don't drink as much as I used to. Back, no, 
We've I, all calmed down. Yeah, but there was like a couple different levels. My Pittsburgh level was crazy. <laughs> And then my San Francisco I feel like level look on the back of your was, baseball almo- was almost as crazy. <laughs> my LA level, because I, as much as I drink, I don't drink and drive. So when I'm on the road or I'm back home, I go nuts. But when I'm, I don't drink and drive. So it's like, which, which absolutely sucks about Los Angeles. What does they get an Uber for? Yeah, well, I, I live, you know, I live in, the, I, I live in the woods with my dog, so right. and my kids and my wife, you know. So it's like, you know, it's too far. A hundred yeah. bucks, it's like Uber. It's like ridiculous, you know. Right. You could be putting that towards alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I could stay home. And drink. <laughs> Holy shit. It's Helix Sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection. The newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. They're going to make one for an AI robot soon. That's the only thing they got left. Take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. This is going to be everybody seeing their AI replacement. Oh, I'm not that fat. Come on. My chin looks like that. Um, models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Mom, uh, models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side, plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress uh, has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It's the perfect combination of comfort and support. They really got into it, huh? They're describing every layer of this. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burr and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. H-E-L-I-X-P-A-R-T-N-E-R-2-0. It's simply safe, everybody. Well, it's official. Fall is here. If you're like me, you're settling back into busier routines. With the kids at school and spare time filled with soccer practices and seasonal activities, your home may be sitting empty and vulnerable. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security and their revolutionary home monitoring innovations. 24-7 Live Guard Protection. It's designed to help stop crime in real time. Now, if an intruder breaks into your home, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can actually see, speak to, and deter them through the Simply Safe's new smart alarm wireless indoor camera. Uh, 24-7 guard protection is made possible. They should keep their mouth shut until the cops get there and they go, and then they just go, and your life's gonna suck in three, two, one. Get on the ground! Um, Anyway, 24-7 live guard protection is made possible by the new Smart Alarm wireless indoor camera available with a fast protect monitoring plan. The new Smart Alarm indoor camera is the only indoor security camera that can trigger the alarm and instantly deter intruders with a built-in siren. You know what they're going to do next? They're literally going to have a drone operator for when the guy runs out of the house and goes into his car and just follow him down the street. That's what they got to do. It's a physical privacy shutter to provide protection when you need it and privacy when you want it 24 7 live guard protection and the new smart alarm indoor camera works seamlessly as part of the simply safe system to keep your whole home safe from break-ins fires and floods how do they keep it safe from floods 
Even the water listens to them? Install your way. Do it yourself in about 30 minutes or have a Simply Safe expert set it up for you. Either way, it's easy to protect your home for a limited time. Get 20% off your new system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Visit simplysafe.com slash burr. That's simplysafe.com slash burr. There's no safe like Simply Safe. No. Uh... You know, the other night I was out and uh, I was getting from this deli, I got like, some vegetables and this little meat pasta thing because uh i was editing this thing and i was i was you know i had to get something to eat and there was this woman and she was standing there with a bottle of vermouth at about like seven o'clock at night i just i was like you making martinis she's like yeah I go, oh man i miss those days and she goes what do i go and she goes well I, one of these is dry and the other one's more like sweet what should i get I go, that all depends. On, are you a Coke or a Pepsi person? She goes, I'm Coke. I go, get the dry. And I was thinking Bartnick would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, dry is, for, dry is for the gin. And the sweet vermouth is for Manhattans. Martinis oh, is are dry. Is? Yeah. I just go for like the bite. I like, a mar- I like, I like, I did anyway. I still do. Was extra vermouth, like plenty of vodka. And whatever the fuck that you put in to make you feel you're, drinking, you're not drinking booze. Was that just... Well, that's vermouth for me. Is that vermouth? Well, the, what I mean, you're supposed to put a, little, a, a few bitters in. Is that what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I. Like, you know what it was over the years. The the more I just a wanted, little cherry juice sometimes for Manhattan's. Oh, okay. My my main thing that I make at home on the weekends when we have people come over at barbecue and stuff, let them have the dogs hang out. Is I call them big apples instead of Mart- Manhattan's. I call mm-hmm. them big apples. You know how I drink whiskey in pint glasses. Big thing. Oh ice, my god. Mostly booze, rye or bourbon. A little, you know, about an inch of, about an inch of sweet vermouth. That's it. People come over about one o'clock, drink four or five of them. Everyone's home by six. They're watching four six. or five of those. Yeah, they must be plastered. I, you know, I have, I have some good neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. You know, no one's there too long. Everyone's wife's happy. They're home by six. You know, everyone's everyone's back home, and no one's like, oh, well, you have a great afternoon. There was something about the way people lived back then. I mean, everybody died in their sixties, though it seemed. Like when I when I watch those those uh, those shows, I get this morbid curiosity. I always look to see if is everybody on this show dead, you know, who lived the longest. I don't know why I do that, but like everybody from back then, like I mean, if you made seventy, you were fucking ancient. Yeah. Well, Bruce Gordon, Nitty in the untouchables he lived till he was like a hundred in arizona he lived to like 2001 or 2009 i forget right now but i was like oh my god if i'd known he was there i would have driven out and made a pilgrimage and told him that you were the greatest gangster ever on television and and in movies he's the bruce gordon his nitty is the mess you're dead yeah (laughs) Uh-oh. There we go. It's all right. You can be sick. You can be sick on this no, podcast. No, no, no. I'm no, I don't want to be sick. Do you have um you got any road dates or anything that you want to plug because I like I I, I can't say enough like uh the good time you're going to have if you go see this guy and your new hour is 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 absolutely killer. Um I'm I'm playing the Stanford Comedy Festival uh in the end of August. Oh, okay. So that should be cool. Stanford, Connecticut. Stanford, Connecticut. So oh, okay. maybe Vince McMahon Jr. will come down. There you go. A couple <laughs> people from the Illuminati. 
We'll is come that, down and, and uh, check you out. Yeah. Is that is that where the uh, Illuminati is? I don't know. Well, yeah, Connecticut's weird. Connecticut's either like you come from old money, I feel, or like you came from nothing. The weirdest there, there, part of Connecticut like, was when me and you and Tony V did those gigs. Because I only knew Connecticut is in between Boston and New York. There's Hartford in the 95. We were like out in like Blair Witch Country. Yeah, those are fun. Those farms out there. Yeah, oh with all God. the bricks. We're yeah, like, who that, the hell carried these the, bricks? Uh, that was the pandemic. I remember that. And I was getting ready to do uh, SNL, and I'm trying to work on my monologue doing stand up in a fucking field. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Woodstock. Remember the, the golf carts and stuff? We yeah, were freezing. It was great. But they were fun. And then the, oh we, God, we did a best. couple of those. We did like two nights there, and then we did some tent in the middle of town. Oh, and that, there's no way that was COVID-friendly. But it was so yeah. much fun. When, I, when Tony V, he, he got off stage, he looked at me, he goes, you're going to love this. And it literally was like, oh, my God. It was like I did stand-up for the first time yeah, since no, the pandemic. Yeah, that was fantastic. But also, people were just so damn excited to... To finally, no, it was get, fun. to finally it was get fun. out and everything. And yeah. I, I, the whole reason why, uh, and thank you for that gig, because you saw me almost die at the uh, uh, the, the Veterans Association. We were down there, you remember, you're like, you don't want to smoke any sticks. I'm like, I just can't breathe. I came off my heart attack, remember? And I'm like, and, oh, you're, and you right. call me and you're like, you, you in court were like, you're going to the hospital. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm okay. And you call me the next day, you're like, you have to come back east with me. You can't breathe. Because it was all those fires. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I'm I like, this is that. amazing. Yeah, we were sitting in that tree fort out in the parking lot, right? <laughs> yeah. And we were like, dude, you need to go to the doctor. I sounded worse than this, people. <laughs> and, and you, and you, yeah, you just kept doing that. I'm fine. I'm fine or whatever. Like, And I was thinking like, uh, the num- you know what the number one thing that I always read when people right before they die? Yeah. He, he was saying he just didn't feel right. I, I just know. don't feel right. But any fucking, you know, I don't feel right, go to the hospital. Go to the fucking hospital. My wife didn't feel right the other night. Her side was killing her, so I took her, I, we took her to the hospital. And and this is a, I knew she wasn't going to die because she was complaining about my driving the whole way there. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was her swan song. Yeah, I'm like I'm like if, if you were if you really had five minutes left, you wouldn't care. I went through a red light, you know. She's yeah. like, <laughs> I heard this doctor say one time. One of the things that he learned from somebody was people know when they're dying. Really? So if well, if they're like. I'm saying, not like if you're going to drop dead, but I'm saying like if, if you did a procedure on them and they're going like, I'm telling you, I'm not fucking, they, they know. They know and you have to listen to that. There was this amazing story that a buddy of mine told me with this doctor. It just stuck in his head and he was out to dinner. He's like, I got to go check on this patient. He went there and he got there right before the person was going to fucking, you know, there's was, there was all this fluid in the neck or some shit like that because he had done some procedure on him and blah, 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 all that type of shit. Isn't so, there always the morbid stuff though? You always hear people like they wait for their cousin to come and see them or their dad. To, there's always people that hang on until it's like, oh, they wait for their kid to get married or until their, you know, their wife comes home. Walter or, Payton. Then, Remember Walter Payton? Like, his, like he was just hanging in there because he felt like he needed to be there for his whole family you know he's being the father figure and everything and she said to him listen it's okay yes that's it's what okay people... oh my god said it was okay for him to let I mean, what a what a thing his for his wife to say to him um that's how tough he was you think he I buried know. him in his kangaroos <laughs> i know he was the best dude. running up those hills sweetness dude that guy like he, he like it was so funny because he gained all those yards and it wasn't until they started showing like his career highlights because I, you know, I used to always see the AFC games 
that like how what a ferocious runner that guy was. I mean, he could totally fake you out, or he could run you over if you weren't like because there was a few times he'd start to juke, and they would think like, oh, he's gonna try to go, and they get the guy a little off balance, and he would just put his head down and ram into him. It was just like, wow. Isn't it amazing how they're just like now running backs are just so like yeah whatever, and they have to they're now they're trying to sue the league to get more money because they're like we just we're disposable. When they used Is to be the most important people on earth, yeah, they could <laughs> they could kill the clock. Like right. they're kind of. Um, I feel like Emmett Smith's record is probably going to be like Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak because the like the running backs are just not going to get the attempts. I mean, the, the, those guys back in the day, man, they ran them 250, 300 times a year in a 14-game schedule. Right. 16-game schedule. It's almost like they just tackle too hard nowadays. I know that sounds ridiculous. With it. You have Mean Joe Green and Lambert and, 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 and you know, Butkus. But I just think in those days they hit and it's like they wrapped them up, they took them down. There was big hits. But now all these guys are just, you know, like 6'3, 250, they run a 4'3. It's, it's yeah. always running into like a Toyota Camry. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, of, and it's just like they just last three years and it's like they can't move. Yeah. If you watch like an old NHL game, even from like the 80s, you're like, look how small these guys were. Look how slow this game is. Oh, I watched the Bobby Orr thing. Does Bobby Orr, like he was like, someone hit like, Control and A at the same time, and just fashion everybody. Everyone else just looks so slow. Yeah. Oh my god! And then the, like the like the hair systems that just weren't available back then. So guys would have like the bald patch here. Be like, <laughs> is he playing in like a pickup league? That guy's an all star, you know? Well, it's like the old NHL guys. Even like when I was a kid, when they were like twenty two, they, they were like coal miners. Like they were fifty. Yeah. Nowadays, you see these kids are like 25. You see their parents in the stands. They all look like they're so young and healthy. And it used to just be like just old. Yeah. What is that? Am I just old? Or did... I, yeah. I don't, maybe that's what it is. But I just think people look amazing now. Yeah. Like if they, if, they, if they try, if they make a fucking attempt. Oh, but yeah. like, like it happens all the time out here in L.A. I'll look at somebody and be like, oh, is that his bro- oh, brother? Oh, that's his dad. Is that that kid's sister? Oh, that's his mom. Or is that is that the mom? No, that's the daughter. Like they all look like fucking. I think it was that Forever Twenty One store. <laughs> California going on there. does it to you though, because then you're stuck in an airport in say Texas, and you're like, okay, yeah, these are the way people are supposed to look. Or <laughs> you know, the, like the, the boardwalk in Atlantic City. That's a rough one. I mean, the le- I mean, I don't think you could have enough empathy for those poor people. Just fucking. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Like these are people. They were people waddling down that boardwalk where that's it's just the thing like it's, and, 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 and i know and they're, they're not they're happy. fucking sitting there i think they're happy as hell they still got a you. big fucking slurpee I, and fried I, though you're right I, I i happy as far as i like, was i was fat you know how fat i used to be my, my, my i remember uh, used to my take, sister goes you walking like a fat person like i swayed okay now i was happy eating like a fat fuck don't get me wrong you look but like no a one's 70s. happy carrying that weight around man that gets old fast oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i mean okay well there you, go. you know well, you're happy when you're eating you're not happy when you're trying to get off the couch you're happy when you're eating smack your lips <laughs> no i remember it dude it used to take you three attempts when you had when you had your long mullet, <coughs> right? And dude, you look like I don't even know what. And back my my other house, I was like fat first, Travolta. It was, I was like Pulp Fiction Travolta dude, if he let you, himself you, go. You would be like, we'd be on my back porch smoking cigar, and like, hey, buddy, let's go get some more fucking beers or something. You'd be like, all right, you go. <laughs> yeah. And you get up, and then me and the other guys, we were just sort of like laughing. That because there, there's a clip from you back then at the Laugh Factory when you got like a Penguins jersey. 
in the big, you look like a fucking like third base coach in the 1970s. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're gonna come out and fucking bump the umpire with your belly. But uh, I know. Well, you know, it sucks being healthy. No one likes to eat right. I know. It's no. the it's like the worst. No, you know what it is. It's it's coming off eating bad because once you start eating right, then you actually crave it, and then you start looking at the shit you were eating. Like, why the fuck was I doing that? So I actually do crave salads now. Like, if I haven't had one for a day or two, I'm going to lose a million fans. Listening to this. But I uh, actually do, like, your body needs a little bit of, like, I need a salad. A little roughage. Yeah, yeah a little keep, roughage. Keep, keep the train running. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little Mussolini, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this train's leaving at three, people. Yeah, that's right. This train wants to leave on time. I um, never knew why they, Mussolini, they, it made the trains run on time. The people made it like it was a bad thing. You ever wait, you're waiting for the train? You want the train to come on time. Well, that is the thing about dictators, is that, and I think that's why there's a lot of people like I love getting like a Russian cab driver and shit. Like they are so like, like they love Trump. Going, I like him. He's got balls. He says what he wants and everything. It's just like, no, dude, you just grew up under these. Ma- but they they're not used to like all of these people chiming in. Look, who's getting new? Neither 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 style works. But it's all what you whatever you're used to. But like a dictator can get shit done. Right. Can just get shit done because no one can say no to him. So there is a speed at which that a dictator can work with, work at, that someone in a democracy just can't. Um, but democracy. But then, then you got to hope that you have like a, like a, uh, like I thought Gorbachev had a good heart. Democracies work when there's like Italian guys smoking cigars in the back room that kind of tell people what to do. That's what democracies were. In the old days, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, things got done because it's like, hey, you got to do this. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, but you, I... You know what I mean? It's like, or Irish mob, whatever. I, I, guy, I, like, I wouldn't glorify the mob. I would say... The mob. What I would say... I would get stuff done. Like, what hey, happened was what the mob was doing, which was so fucking horrible for so many people that they were intimidating and extorting and all of that. Yeah, the black hand's that, no good. That, that the corporations just took all of their scams and legalized it. Right. I mean, think Organized of, think, crime is politics now. It's corporations. And the corporation is the dawn. And, like, politicians aren't even the captains. I feel like they're the soldiers at this point. Well, yeah. Like, in, in, like, the hierarchy. You know what I mean? Like, they, their job is, like... You know, you know, like how like you could always, you could always arrest. Like I was watching this thing on, on Netflix saying the thing was because they all kept their mouths shut. Like, like the dawn was so removed from the crime that all they would ever be doing was arresting soldiers. Right. And then soldiers would go to jail and they would keep their mouths shut and then they would get replaced so they could never get them. So because they couldn't get them, that's when they started wiretapping them. They did. That's when they did the RICO. So Rico get, laws. I didn't know that, man. It was yeah. fascinating. Yeah, that's how, they, that's how they got the Rico laws. In fact. But what I mean, though, is like, you know, what's the thing that they always, corruption and all, all this stuff. And, you know, like, well, that's how things get used to get done. Yeah, if you want something done, you pay someone, he builds the road. You know, that's right. how bids get made. Now it's like, oh, my God, this tax guy took, this politician took this money from him, this guy took money. Yeah, and things used to get done. Now nothing gets done. We haven't got a train. You know, my whole lifetime, there hasn't been a train from SF to L.A. It's like, that's ridiculous. Oh, like a you know high-speed I mean? like, train? Yeah, like, you know, whereas when we were kids, things got built. Now it's like, this person, this person, that person, it's like, oh, my God, you might run over some bird that has to live. You know, it's like... I feel like the presidents are like the soldiers where, and, and they, instead of getting arrested, they get voted out of office or whatever. They get blamed for everything. And then, like, the, the dons, which are the corporations that pay, for, pay them, like, no, like nobody, like, the genius of them is, is like, nobody knows 
who they are. Like you don't know, like I don't know the name of the guy that runs Coke. I don't know the game that guy of uh, uh, the person that runs Target or anything like that. And these fucking guys at the end of every year, they just write themselves like, a, I think I deserve a $40 million bonus. And like all yeah. in favor, aye, because we're all doing it. So it's like, it's legalized like stealing. They and don't even, and back- less and less and less and less of everything but now, now you go that's to CVS. the scam that's the same thing they were doing with the casinos yeah, that's the skim they call it a bonus they had the numbers they're calling it the fucking lottery it's all the same you go shit. with cvs now half the things aren't even there it's like where's it at because the pandemic's over no you know what it is is everybody is ordering like these young kids now I, they, like they need toothpaste it's like i'm not gonna go to a fucking store they're just like i'm just gonna order all my toiletries it's gonna come in one box like they're all gonna go away. Like I, I, I mean, well, I don't know what it's gonna be. Like, um, well, but, are, but this is my thing. What, I, are, what are regular people gonna do though? I, I, everything's built up for like you know. We're not reg- we're old people. We're not regular people. Regular people are young people, and they're gonna okay, be fine I, I, because I, I, they I mean lower, they, they I mean grew up low, in it. Lower middle class people. I mean like ninety percent of this country. They're gonna be nowhere. They're gonna be they're gonna be in poverty. Exactly. That's what they want. Well, that's and that's what. Everybody who's ever criticized capitalism says that that's the way it's going to go. But like the genius of this, the same way like you can't criticize an illegal war that bankrupts the country, that means you don't support the troops. You can't, and they just, oh, that means you don't support the troops, you get the fuck out of here. If you, if you criticize capitalism and say some things need to be fixed, then immediately you're, you know, you're a socialist, you're a communist, blah, blah, blah. So it's this, just this runaway fucking train. That is, yeah, it's gonna hit hit the fucking wall at some point. Yeah, I, I, I just that's why I don't understand the end game. They want no one to work. You know, they, they you know, you get you put a gun to your head. It's sociopaths to do your own groceries. It's like everything. There's no one working. There's, I mean, I, what do they want people to do? I don't understand what they want people to do. No, it's designed to fail, and it's God's fault because he makes all of these fucking. <laughs> we're getting. Things. This is like I feel like we're in the dorm room smoking weed at three a.m. No. This is like the deepest conversation we've ever had. No, but no, we, we what we talk about. We talk about the Battle of the Bulge. You're a big history buff. <laughs> the Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Um. Anyway, yeah. to get it like back on track. I mean, that, I can be honest with you because I, I, I. That's why I don't. Uh, I don't I, I don't watch the news and stuff because I, find I it, never I, watch I find the it news. so fucking horrifically uh, depressing. And the more I watch these shows, these fucking talking heads who know what's going on way more than even I can figure but out. It's all, and they're it, just sitting there taking the fucking yeah. money. And, and like my parents guy, watching uh, these, like when I remember my kid was awful. like eight or nine. She went in my parents. We went to my parents house and they were watching the news. My daughter looked like she was like, what is this? I'm like, yeah, we never, like, we ne- I never watch the news. I mean, the, Dude, it's like, the, the NHL networks on the news, I know. There's no, they're not offering any solutions. They're no. just scaring the fuck out of you. I saw a thing the other day going, can anything, can, can anything save California? And I'm just sitting there going like, I watched. Otani can't. I, 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 <laughs> dude, I watched Russia collapse. They were fine. They didn't go anywhere. I watched Greece go bankrupt. This is just a fucking state. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Why are you doing that to people? Like, why do I need to see that on my Twitter feed? I'm just going there. Like, I'm trying. I, I, I accept it. Twitter's f- trying to give you crazy, too, because now there's a thing that isn't you. It's like, for you, you ever see that? They switch it on you? It's not who you follow. It's I don't other fuck stuff. with Twitter. I, I, every once in a while, I tweet about sports, and I make fun of myself. That's it. And then I just leave. And I don't read the fucking comments. I, I, oh, that's death. Look yeah. At, any any yeah. of the comments. No, but now if you check it, because I always check out the hockey news. 
and um, now there'll be a thing called For You. And there, all you see is like train wrecks and just crazy stuff. No, I, I like Instagram. Instagram, I look at old cars, people doing crazy shit in, uh, on like bikes and surfing and stuff like that, drum videos, and then stretching videos. I'm on this thing. Which now has led to like, because I looked at Hot stretching. Hot girls doing yoga. They are, but I never click on those. Because you, if you click on one of those fucking things, they'll make you look like a perv. Like, that's all you're into. Uh, like, unfortunately, yeah. I'm in that. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you think I haven't been there? Every chick with a fat ass and everything. So I was like, I got to yeah. get away from this. So, uh, no, it went the other way. Because he's, he's not clicking on fat asses anymore. So now it's all dudes in their 20s with, like, kettlebells. And every exercise I see, they're fucking doing this or like going like this, and I just look at it going like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> my, fuck, I, my shoulders start hurting watching it, so. I have anxiety, I'm, I'm really scared of heights. Like I can't, you know that famous poster with the Italian guys um, on the ledge in New York, oh, eating yeah, yeah. sandwiches? Used to be one in my pizza shop growing up. Uh -huh. I, I couldn't even walk by, I couldn't even walk by with my eyes, I'd have to shut my eyes. Hey, there was no OSHA back then. Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. But now I have a perversion to watch like the kids on hover, like all, all the Russian kids that skateboard off the skyscrapers are right near them. So I'll look for a second. It's like doing a bump. Like, huh. like look again. No, look I can't again, watch it. So, those videos where, all people, I see where is people, people just start climbing up those towers. Yeah, or hanging I off the mountains. I sit there and like, like, my, my palms start sweating, which is fucking nuts to me. It's just like, I know this guy lives. Here's the video. Kinda. Do you really know for sure he lives? Well, the, he's sort of filming it himself when the phone break. <laughs> I don't know, but I always look for like a second turn away, look another second turn away. It, 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 they just freak, they, or the mountain climbing ones. There is one where this Asian dude and this woman are on top of this. I mean, it's like the Empire State Building hanging onto each other. I'm like, for what? It's like Tom Cruise level craziness, you know, just like, at least he's a movie star. Like, these people are going to kill themselves. At least Tom's doing it so he can keep making $100 million per movie. Like Did that? you see the new one yet? What's the new one? The, Mission Impossible. Yeah. I haven't seen anything. You know what's funny? My wife went to go see Barbie, and I was uh, like, I was like, oh, I thought we were gonna go see that together. She goes, Nah, you're too misogynistic for it. And I was just like, I was pissed for like fucking about three minutes, and then and then I was just like, All she right, saved you're it. right, you're right. She saved you. That's fantastic. Why well, I like a, I love Ryan Gosling. It's I heard he he sings a song that fucking Slash and uh, Wolfgang Van Halen wrote. Oh, I, you know, I, honestly, I don't even know who he. I, I I heard his name before. I would. I don't know who he is. He's not Italian. He's not on Kojak. Huh? <laughs> Was he? You never saw the other guys. The other guys? You mean the one with uh, Farrell, Russell Crowe? Oh yeah. No, the nice guys. Nice guys. The nice yeah, guys. We talked about that with me. Yeah, that's Ryan Gosling. That high pitched scream he does when he fucking gives him the spiral fracture was fucking hilarious. Okay, yeah. Don't I mean, say I stuff. Oh, he, that's a great movie. Yeah, dude, both of them. That is that is. Oh, that's one of the all time high classics. level, high level comedic acting. Yes, great movie, great movie. Neither one being funny, trying to be funny. I mean, just playing the character, fucking hilarious. The, the whole movie, I miss Russell Crowe. The whole dude. movie. Yeah, what happened to him? He just has enough money, just retired. Uh, I don't know. He put on a lot of weight. Well, to have him play fucking Charlie Brown or something. Is Charlie Brown fat? <laughs> Fred Flintstone. But yeah. That, but you know, that's happening though. But then what's his name? Uh, John Goodman lost a bunch of weight. Billy Gardell lost a bunch of weight. Uh -huh. So he can take those guys' roles. I think he just figured it out. I, I, you know, he's really good friends with Jim Jeffries. And I guess he has a big compound in Australia. He's having a good time. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he has his money. Yeah. I, I mean, I how great of a movie is Gladiator? 
That's one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah, Gladiator, The Informant, The Nice informant. Guy. Oh, The Informant, he's fucking unreal. He's fucking unbelievable. He really is a great actor. Yeah, I, I, would, I would, yeah, I would go with that. That's the kind of thing, too. Like, I'm trying to, like, uh, you know, because kids aren't going to movies now. Like, why the fuck would you? With a flat screen, surround sound, a million movies at home, it makes sense why they don't go. But, like, uh, I'm trying to figure out. That's who, why I wanted like, to Like, I thought Chadwick Boseman was rest his souls i was like this fucking guy is unbelievable actor and then of course he ends up passing away so i'm trying to think like as far as kids like where the next ones are going to be because it was always great when like the next sean penn guy came out You're like oh my god who's this they, well they don't make movies that's why like you know when you watch like you know watching the old untouchables last night and they had the chick from bewitched mm -hmm. she was acting like you know people like sean penn had to be in movies where people acted now it's like you're just a superhero you're not acting yeah, those things. Yeah, I mean, I'm not well, saying, I mean, I'm not saying hey, I, you know, I don't know anything about acting. No, I know what you mean. But you know it's, what I mean? It's, it's like, it's, it's not like you have to do all these emotions. It's, it's like just green screen. Yeah, you're just like, you know, you funhouse shit. Yeah, it's different. Can't miss back and by day to be Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, Joe, I love you, and I, I love you too. Thank I, you I, dude, for this, everything. This special, this special that he made, this is your masterpiece, dude. This is the best work to date. And your new hour is even better. Go see him in Stamford, Connecticut at the end of August. And yeah, we've got a bunch of shows coming up. I don't have the count. You don't have your count. It's a classic. The funniest fucking guys are the worst at promoting themselves. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Joe. We got, we're going to get the dates up. I'll make sure Themelis puts those up there. Joe Bartnick. It's called The Killing in Chicago. we got clips on uh, the All Things Comedy uh, website and our Instagram account. And uh, we'll have the full special out mid-September. Joe Bartnick, thank you for watching. Have a great weekend, you cards. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, um, September 21st, 2015. What's going on? How are you? How you doing? I just yelled that like, you know, like your mom would yell down the street, Jeffrey, come to fucking dinner. Remember that shit? When you could play outside? You know, without adult supervision, because people weren't afraid that there was a fucking uh, pedophile behind every goddamn tree. Remember that shit? Your mom would come out, we had like a dinner bell, and you and your 12 brothers and sisters would come running up the fucking driveway like cattle. You don't remember that shit? Yeah, you guys all just fucking, you just, the day started. The day fucking started, right? Your mother would just open the door like, get the fuck out of here. Get out. That was like parenting back then during summer vacation. They just opened the door and they let you outside. They did the same thing with their dogs. There was no leash law or anything. You just had like neighborhood dogs. They just fucking walked around. And that's the same thing they did with kids. They just opened the door. Get out. Go outside and play. Come back at lunch. Right? And after lunch, you go back out again. You know, and then they'd be, all right, come back out. Come back when the streetlights come on. Come back, you know, when it gets dark or whatever. Watch your little brother. That was it. I think parenting was a lot easier back in the day because you were allowed to just send your kids outside. Just having them standing in the backyard like those fucking llamas. You ever see that shit? You drive down the street and you see a fucking llama. There's so many goddamn llamas in this country. I don't understand it. 
They're not indigenous to this country. And I don't know what, how people are making money off of them. You don't, you don't ever see that shit in the grocery store, do you? You know? Lamb, uh, llama steaks. Llama shanks. It's like that fucking guy in uh, with the shrimp boat in that fucking movie with uh, Tom Hanks when he had this George Stalin haircut. Yosef. Yosef Stalin. Forrest Gump. I don't know. What the fuck am I telling Yeah, you can just fucking send your kids outside. All right, all right. Get outside. You filled them up with sugary cereal and you just sent them outside. And then you went outside, you ran around, and you just ran into other kids. And then somebody had a book of matches, and then you just lit the woods on fire. Basically, I mean, I'm fast-forwarding through most of my childhood experiences, but that's basically what you did. They just fucking let you out. <laughs> I mean, that seems pretty cool to me. If you were a stay-at-home mother, right, you got four fucking kids. You're going out of your mind. You're going out of your mind, right? Your husband goes to work every day. What's he do? He's a milkman. He's a postman. He's something that has a man at the end of it, right? Because jobs were for fucking men back then, right? They had it figured out. Hey, sugar tits, you stay. (laughs) You stay home with the kids. Hey, don't you backtalk me. I have a penis. You, you, you shut your face. Quit your crying. Quit your crying in front of the kids. You fucking stay home. All right? What are you crying about? Didn't I buy you an oversized jar of fluffinutter in the cabinet? What do you got to do, huh? You got to grab some fucking white bread out of a bag. You got to take off the twisty tie. That's a your big part of your fucking day you're bitching about. I got to deliver milk to everybody. It's in fucking glass bottles. Do you know how much pressure that is? Right? He just fucking leaves her at home. He goes off to work. He's a fucking milkman or a postman, and somehow he can he can afford a house. Because the bankers were actually semi-regulated back then. The upper 1%, the fucking lunatics up there that fuck each other at these parties wearing owl masks and and whatnot, something with horns on it, right? Walking around wearing sheets. Um, These fucking guys, the middle class, you could actually, you could could have a stay-at-home mother, a stay-at-home wife. So you went off to work in your fucking truck in your silly little uniform looking like a character actor on Alice. Right? And then she fucking stayed home. What does she do? Everybody gets up. She's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Right? She takes out a pack of fucking Pall Malls, some Cools, maybe some Marlboros, whatever the fuck. She's some Winstons. The fuck did, what the fuck did women smoke back then? You know what's so funny? There's so many comics out there that do jokes about what uh, black people smoke, Pall Malls and Cools and all that, that I don't even know what white people were Marlboros, Winston, Salem Lights. Is that what it was? My parents never smoked. I don't fucking know. So whatever. You take out a cigarette, right? So you got your bathrobe on. You got your fucking weight all on one leg with your hand on the same hip, right? Stirring yourself up a cup of joe. All your maniac kids come down the stairs or up the stairs and maybe halfway up the stairs if you li- and then they're on a landing at the front door if you lived in a split entry. I don't fucking know. 
I never understood the split entry. You know what I mean? The split entry is the house version of, you ever see those people that have like really long torsos? They have the torso of a six foot four person, but the legs of a jockey. You know what I mean? That blue collar body. I always tease Rich Voss. He's got that body. Long ass fucking torso and these little doll legs. Right? Just that blue collar body. You're just built for picking up boxes. You don't even have to bend over. You just fucking your arms almost dragging on the fucking ground. Well, the split entry, that's the house version of that body. So anyway, she makes you fucking fluff another sandwich. No, no, that's the lunch. I'm sorry. She fucking pulls out. What do you guys want? You want Frankenberry, Cocoa Berry, uh, Choco Berry? No, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, or Boo Berry. Whatever the fuck you had, it turned the milk the color of the goddamn cereal. You ate that shit. She let you watch a couple of cartoons. She finishes off her fucking cigarette, stomps it out in that fucking ashtray, and then that's it. All right, go outside and play. Go outside and play. What the fuck did she do all day? Kids are outside, running around, meeting other kids, playing with matches, right? Stealing Playboys. Simple shit. There's no cell phones. There's no iPads. There's no fucking overhead. What did you have to buy your kid? For toys back then, there was nothing. Tonka truck, what did that set you back? Tonka truck and a book of matches. I mean, you were set for the fucking summer. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking. I didn't even get on this thing. Oh, because I screamed the podcast like a mother yelling. That's right, down the fucking street. You know, nowadays, you got to sit there and you got to watch these little fuckers 24-7. Make sure they don't bump into anything. They all have cell phones. You know what I mean? Like they're working on Wall Street. You know? I don't fucking know. Who knows? They'll probably they'll start microchipping them soon. You know, somebody sent me an article about this, uh, this healthcare provider somewhere over in Europe that was giving out this band that had a microchip in it, and it tracked everybody that was insured. They were testing it out to track people that were insured by this healthcare provider and it basically tracked your activity throughout the day you know and if you were just sitting around like a lump of shit they were like all right this fucker's gonna have a heart attack we're raising his rates and um it's totally that george orwell uh is it orwell or do you make the popcorn no that was orville redenbacher i don't fucking know that orwellian i'm gonna use that hacky thing slippery slope into the orwellian something or other right and um they were saying that they tried this fucking basically microchipping people out microchipping people out tested tested trying the microchipping people right and that they said they had an overwhelmingly positive response to it well of course you did of course you did because most normal people would be like, you want to do what? Go fuck yourself. That's creepy. I don't want you to do it. And then guess what? They're not in the study. Then what do you do? You find some fucking jerk-offs that don't have two nickels to rub together. And you say, listen, we'll get you a fucking ham sandwich with some cheese on it. and Whatever kind of chips you want with it. If you wear this fucking bracelet. And like, all you got to do is wear the brats. All you got to do there, f- stupid. And in the end, they get a sandwich out of it. Of course, they're going to say they enjoyed it. This is the thing about getting microchipped in the future. It's inevitable that it's going to happen because as much as people are going to fight it, 
as many people that fight it and don't want it there you cannot you cannot overcome the sea of mouth breathing fucking buffalo wild wing fucking morons that are out there there's way too many of them and they will walk towards the light every fucking time all they got to do is flip on the switch whatever direction they want the herd to go in and they just start walking towards it they just start walking towards it they don't give a fuck and this is the greatest thing about all of it if you're one of the people running shit right is the mouth breathing morons opinion is held with the same level of uh of importance as somebody who's actually uh intelligent or informed you know what i mean the guy who sits there going, dude, why do I give a fuck if they know whether or not I had a slurpee or not? I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> That's just as much fucking right and just as much say as someone, <laughs> excuse me, who's, who's fucking informed. You know, that's when they take the Constitution seriously and that everybody has rights. That's when the upper 1% listen to it and they go, hey, hey, wait a minute. Don't be an elitist, Right. But then when it comes to the other shit, when it's advantageous on the other end, then then all of a sudden, no, 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 where, you know, you don't have as much say as I do, right? You know, I was on a plane, right? I'm in Austin, Texas right now, getting ready to do two wonderful shows here in this this bat-infested town. Um, they, uh, somebody had left in the pocket, in the seat in front of me, right? See whatever the seat pocket in front of me. This book on y- a magazine that was just dedicated to yachting, and uh, I got to tell you, it was one of the most fascinating fucking magazines I've ever read, read in my life. I don't know shit about the sea. I don't know shit about boats, but just looking at this magazine, knowing that that there's like people that read that magazine, getting to be like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to buy that yacht. So in the yacht world, what I learned, okay, and this is someone who doesn't know the difference between port and stab, or I'm going to guess port is right hand. No, left. Left is port, right is starboard. Because you read left or right. But they always make right above left in a religious way, right? He sat on the right hand of the father. Could go either way. Bows up front, sterns in the back port and starboard i don't fucking know i think port's left sounds really quick port left devil right fuck you you don't card starboard oh that's what we all are um anyways let me plow ahead here the whole fucking thing was about the size of your goddamn boat who's got the biggest fucking boat and how big can these boats get? So right now, the biggest one out there, I have already forget the name of it. And that's another thing, too. The names of the boat are just as entertaining as trying to understand how somebody has $300 million for a fucking boat and doesn't immediately get audited. It's a fucking boat. That is just an absolute money pit. The second you buy that fucking thing, there is nothing you can do with that boat. To I guess you could rent it out. You know, to Jay-Z and Beyonce, God knows they're always out on a fucking boat, right? Dressed in all white linens. 
How could you make fucking money off of that? This thing was like, the biggest one they had was almost 600 fucking feet. And what I learned is that basically a yacht cost a million a meter. Now we're going from standard to metric, and I've just completely fucked myself here. But as far as I know, that fucking boat, basically it costs like what, what Seinfeld made when the entire series went into syndication. All of that money. Half a billion dollars for a fucking boat. And then you got to have like, a, and you need like a hundred people just to run it. That's the funniest shit. So even when you're on it, like, honey, let's just take the boat out. Just you and us, you know, let's reconnect. Just you and us, you and us and a hundred other fucking people, right? It's like you're doing an episode of the love boat, but nobody else showed up except for the fucking, the whole crew. It's got to be weird knowing they're all listening to you fucking, right? Some guy, you know, 200 fucking yards away, wherever the fuck he is, with a big, dumb, tall hat, making you a sandwich. He's got all this extra food. It's just for you and your wife. Um, anyways, I was reading that. And I was just like, how the fuck could anybody legally make enough money? And I was trying to think of the ways. Well, you could start Facebook. Even then, that dude from Facebook, what is he worth? Let's say he's worth $3 billion. Are you going to blow half a billion on a boat? That's still a sizable chunk of your fucking fortune. You know what was the coolest part of the magazine? Was on the front. Like, you know, it was somebody's personal magazine, obviously. And there was where, like, the address was supposed to be. It was was taken away, was torn off. And I was like, I was wondering, like, where they lived you know, 666 Illuminati Court, Connecticut, someplace in Connecticut. I always feel like the Illuminati lives in Connecticut, right? And then they, like, helicopter into Manhattan. No, it doesn't even make any noise. Like They got some stealth helicopters. I'm really going off the fucking rails here, aren't I? So you got to be asking yourself, well, Bill, well, you know, you're sitting there crying poorhouse. Why the fuck are you sitting in a section of the plane that... uh has yachting magazines left behind. You know why? Because I did 23 years on the fucking road and I got miles, baby! I got status. I got status. Fuck you. I flew in the back of the plane for 20 fucking years with you goddamn animals. Okay? And I got the fucked up left knee to prove it. I'm never sitting back there again with you animals. I swear to God. I'm never doing it again. You know why? Because I think I'm you're too good. I'm too good for you. Um. Anyways, let's get to the. Uh, let's do some reads here. Now I got to fucking type in my goddamn password. Uh, what the fuck? I hate how you got to have some capitals in there too. You know? Because then what? You know? Then it takes for fucking ever and ever and ever. And then he. T- well, how the fuck is that? Every time I go to type in my password, it's fucking wrong. Nope, and I left it on the capitals. This is how long it takes me for me to type them. I'm still trying to do it. And now I'm sitting, and see, this is how fucking dumb I am, and I sit at the front of the plane now. That should give you hope. Did I do it right? No, wait a second. All right, capital. No, capital. There we go. No capital. Come on, Bill. 
Come on, Bill. Come on. Give me a winner. Give me a winner and hit it. Yeah. All right. Let's do some advertising here. Sorry about that. Um, all right. That was that was sort of painless, wouldn't you think? Let me close this. No, I don't want to save that. I don't want to save that at all. All right. So let's get back to the podcast here. Uh, let's talk football. Um, what a satisfying weekend that was for me as a football fan, everybody. First of all, Saturday night, I went to a, uh, went to a wonderful wedding. And uh, afterwards, we went to the after party. We were in a fucking sports bar, and um, and we it was we were on Nant- the island of Nantucket. And uh, I got to watch from the third quarter on. I got to watch Mississippi, Ole Miss uh, beat Alabama. The dream ends tonight. I got to watch them beat them, man. And I don't know why it is so much fucking fun to watch Alabama lose. Like I've said, I don't hate them. I actually like Nick Saban, but there's something about him. You know what I mean? It's just like how everybody hates the Patriots. I get it. I get it. We've won too much. We're fucking annoying. You know? I actually met somebody that was, you know, we were talking about all that that Patriots cheating shit, and he brought up some other fucking great ones. Evidently, there's, there's pictures of Jerry Jones, the owner of the fucking Dallas Cowboys. Getting off a party box hammered with like the head guy of all officiating in the NFL. And I just laughed thinking if there was a picture of Robert Kraft doing that, how long that fucking story would last. Um, that and that time the Cowboys got caught with uh, for collusion with the Redskins to keep their free agent signings down so they could field better teams. I mean, they it just, you know, that's fine. That's not cheating. It's all good. It's all good. It's just the Patriots. Um, anyways, uh, so I got to watch them um, lose. What a fucking game, man. And the pictures of the fucking Alabama fans when they would cut to the crowd, when they were starting to sense that they were going to lose, like, you just have to respect how much it means. The look of devastation. Did you see that kid who was just fucking, that dude who was just bent over the fucking wall? I thought he was dead. It just, I watch that shit and I just fucking, that's why I love sports. Because it's so fucking stupid that we give a shit to that goddamn level. Uh, Yet we do. And um, I love watching SEC football because, uh, I don't know, there's a level of passion of the fans. And I know I break the Alabama fans' balls. I don't give a fuck if you win another championship. I actually kind of in one way want to see Saban do it. And win the most just to see, just so I can say that I watched the uh, the greatest college coach of all time. But in the meantime, every time you play, I can't root for you. If I look, if I was born in Alabama, you know, in Al, in, in Crimson Tide country, and I was raised a fucking Alabama fan, and I went through that brutal period after Bear Bryant left, and that program went into the shitter. And I suffered through all those years. Then I could be excited about them being good again. But I can't come from a pro sports fucking town and just jump on the bandwagon. But what I can do is fucking root for the underdog, which I did. So congratulations to Ole Miss. Um, I can't imagine how fucking crazy you guys went celebrating in Mississippi. I hope it didn't gradually turn into a fucking race riot 
and you guys, you know, wanting to start the fucking civil war again. Um, hopefully you kept it tame. You know what I mean? Just tipped over a couple of cars and burned down some old trees or whatever the fuck you do down there. Um, but I got to watch that. And uh, I was actually traveling to Austin, and uh, I got to watch the first quarter of the Patriots game. And, um, you know, it was just it was just fucking great just watching. You know, we're going to be the loudest fans and then having nothing to cheer about because all of a sudden it's 21-7 Patriots after the Bills just walked down the fucking field. Totally fucking enjoyed that. Um, and once again, this has nothing to do with Bill's fans. It just has to do with the fact that the amount of shit that Bill Belichick gets for having no personality, you know, like these fucking sports journalists don't know exactly what Belichick's doing. They know that he's figured them out. They know it. And he's not going to let him in. He's not giving him any billboard, bulletin board material, I should say. And uh, Rex Ryan, they always say, oh, you know, this guy, you know, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. That's how they paint him. They just egg him on to keep saying dumb things. You know what I mean? I don't, for the life of me, I don't know why Rex Ryan talks the level of shit that he does, but I'm so happy that he does it. I'm so happy that he does it. It's just like, there you go, Rex. There you go. Piss off Tom Brady. See how that works for you. How does almost 500 yards passing, how does that feel this morning there, Rex? Keep talking shit. You know what it is? I really feel because his level of insecurity outweighs actually even winning the game that he has to shout down his own fucking demons. Um, Having said that, you know, as much as I give Rex shit, I know he's a great coach. Uh, I can't say great. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. So he's a a really good coach. And... um, and he does. He has a great defense. And, I, well, you know, they're going to make their adjustments. I think actually next game will actually be even closer, obviously. Um, it's kind of weird. Like his, sh- his shit talking made that a close game because the Patriots, rather than just handing the ball off and running out the fucking clock, we kept throwing the fucking ball because it wasn't enough to beat them by 21 fucking points. We wanted to beat them by 28 or 35. Um, so actually his shit talking if you looked at the end of the game, the fact that, you know, the game wasn't that fucking close, you know, that it was, that we only won by eight. We kicked the shit out of them. And then like dopes, we kept throwing the fucking ball, um, putting us in a position to give it right back to him, which we did. Um, and then you go into the prevent and then all of a sudden this fucking inept quarterback who throws the ball fucking 90 feet over everybody's fucking head all day long, all of a sudden looks like Joe Montana. So, um, I don't know. I'm psyched that that happened. And, um, you know, I hope, you know, when the Patriots go to play him again, I hope Rex talks a bunch more shit, which you know he will, which will get the Patriots even more motivated to beat them. I just don't understand it. And these stupid fucking, if you really listen to the guy, he's not saying anything. The players on his team, they're not saying anything. It's just stating the obvious. You know, we're not afraid, okay? They're not going to just step off the bus and we're going to give them the win. You know, we're coming out there to compete. Oh, are you? Did you not compete? Did last week you didn't try? It's the fucking NFL. You should be doing that every fucking week to steal Kevin McHale's great quote way back in the day when he played for the Celtics. I remember 
you know, they were in some playoff series and they kicked the shit out of the other team the first game. And then some of the other team starts talking shit going, you know, we're not fucking around. They better be ready because next game we're coming. We're coming. And Kevin McHale goes, you should be doing that every night. This is the NBA. It's fucking hilarious. Anyways, so there you go. Keep talking shit, everybody out there. And uh, Buffalo fans, my condolences. You know what I mean? I know Rex is a very charismatic guy and you fucking, you wanted to believe him. You wanted to believe him. I know. I know you did. You know what's great about the Patriots winning is now I don't have to hear from Shred and Reagan out there in Buffalo. And I hope somebody sends you this, this, this fucking clip there, fellas. How you guys doing? How many times did you guys almost fucking set up a phone call with me? Shred and Reagan, two of my favorite people in the in the radio biz here, you know, as I travel the country. These fucking guys are always, they only call me when Buffalo beats, you know, what do you got? You got the Sabres and the Bills. You don't got a lot out there. If they beat the Bruins in like a, a playoff series, which I can't even remember when that fucking happened. Or if the 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 Bills had beat us like twice. I remember when when Drew Bledsoe went to the Bills, and they won that bet that home game when they beat the crap out of us. I got a I got a phone call then, and then when, there was one other time. It's it's hilarious, and all they do is just talk about what a piece of shit Bill Belichick is and all that. And I just laugh at him. So I'm, I got to think after that opening drive when you went eighty yards, went right down the field. Your index finger was was quivering. We got to call him. We got to call him. Hit send. Hit send. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Patriots go right down the field. Give you all the old right there, Fred. Three and out. Go right back down the field. Another right there, Fred. Right. Another three and out for you guys or a pick, whatever the hell it was. Malcolm Butler's amazing interception. Malcolm Butler. Right. It's fucking wonderful. So, uh, anyways, I got to tell you, you got to put Matt Castle in. You know what I mean? Matt Castle did great with us when he was managing the Patriots while Tom Brady was out, right? So I, I still don't think, that, you know, if we go and play the Bills again, that we definitely win the game because they got Matt Castle. I still think, uh, and I know that Rex is a good enough coach if he has if he has de- a good defense, but... I think the great thing's going to be if he just keep, just keep talking shit, Rex. Keep talking shit. Do you know how dumb it is to talk shit on, in a professional sports league? You know what I mean? Like you're actually intimidating somebody else. Those, those are professionals. They're not afraid of you and your Nutrisystem, Rex. They don't give a fuck. Oh, you're going to blitz? All right, so whatever. So I got to watch that shit, and that was very enjoyable for me. Um, And it was wonderful. I got a bunch of tweets from fucking Buffalo fans taking on the personality of their head coach and just to watch them slowly drop off after that opening drive. You know, it's so funny. And then to watch them slowly come back as we almost fucked up the end of the game and then to just watch them disappear again. It was really enjoyable, you know? It's like when I was in Nantucket hearing the surf. That's all it is. That beginning sound is Bills fans before the game. That end sound is them at the end. (laughs) So anyways, uh, old Freckles has got to get back on the wagon. So I, um, 
I'm totally off my diet. I drank like a fish last week, like a maniac, to the point yesterday when I was walking through the airport, uh, I had like heartburn and everything like that because I ate stuff that I had not eaten in um, the entire time. I was, uh, you know, dieting, trying to lose the weight. I was drinking beers. I was smoking cigars. I was eating chips, ice cream, the whole wedding cake, the whole fuck. I just chowed. And um, so yesterday was was the big day. Well, yesterday I was like, uh, you know, I'm going to be traveling all day in airports. So, you know, I'm not going to eat healthy. So I just was like, all right, well, let's, let's, we got a three headed monster here. We got sugar, salt, and booze going on right now. Let's chop one head off. So I was just like, all right, no booze today. So, um, and I'm, I'm doing this run of dates through Texas. So there's some friends coming out tonight. So tonight I'm going to have a couple of drinks. The rest of the week I'm having none. And then in Toronto, I have some friends up there and I'll probably have a couple of drinks. But the second that is over. I am back on the wagon again um, for at least until mid-October, if not until the night of the Madison Square Garden show, depending on how I feel. Um, I actually think this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go after this this thing is over. I'm drinking two times on this trip. Then I'm back on the wagon, except for on October 17th. Um, I'm back on the wagon until Madison Square Garden. That's how it's going down. October 17th. Why? Why are you going to drink that day? Because I'm going to... I'm going to fucking Notre Dame, USC. I'm starting to run a date through the Midwest to get ready for the Madison Square Garden show. And why not start it off at arguably the most legendary football program in the country? Right? The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So legendary they've been on national television, even though they've sucked every fucking weekend for the last fifteen years they've been on the on the on the tube. So I'm going to that game. So um and when I get I'm gonna try to eat as well as I can on this tour, and when I get back, I'm going right back to that psycho fucking diet because uh it took me too goddamn long and too much bullshit to lose all this fucking weight that uh, I don't want to go back. So, uh, and I, you know what's helping me is to actually tell you guys that I'm doing it. Because if I don't tell you, if I just do this in my head, then I can slack off. There's nobody give you, to give me shit. But if I tell you guys that I'm going to do it, then you guys can turn the tables on me and be like, hey, Bill, uh, we're just checking in on you. You know, to see how you're doing there. Um, all right. So anyways, when I was, um, here's another thing. I'm done with fish. I'm not eating fish. Uh, anymore because because uh, there's none left is basically what I learned because I've been going to Nantucket and I've gone out and gone fishing every single time and every single time I've gone it's been harder and harder and we've had to throw the lines deeper and deeper to try to get fish and there's just fucking nothing left and I was talking to this guy and he was talking about what are all these fishing areas up in New England that people thought would never be fished out he said are completely fished out and uh that's something that I wish they would just say, um, you know, in this presidential election. That's, they would be like, hey, why doesn't everybody just lay off fish? Go real easy on the fish for like the next fucking decade. Let's, let's just let them come back. 
There's nothing wrong with eating fish, but there's too many fucking people. Let's just fucking lay off it. We can make cows and chickens. We can force them to fuck each other, you know? And we can eat those. And lamb and all of that shit. But, like, the fish, you know, what are we doing here? You just let them come back. Like, I got to tell you, like, once we just we kept pulling up blues, I guess, which don't taste good, so we'd throw them back. I, I really did not enjoy it when I think about it. And uh, then we ended up pulling up these fluke. Who the fuck eats fluke? We're just doing it to pad our fucking stats and then brought it in. I felt we got took way too much fish than we were actually going to eat. Um, just so you could have the fun of fishing. It's just There's always that thing anytime I've gone fishing that I always feel like there's that tipping point where it's like, all right, we've caught our dinner. And now we're just killing shit just to kill shit. And uh, I always feel like, like a fucking chimpanzee then. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, we're acting like a bunch of apes. You know, if you watch, I fucking hate chimpanzees. I can't fucking stand them. When you, they when they do a real documentary on them, I, I see so much fucking sadistic human behavior in them. Uh, the way, you know, when they go out and they kill a, a, another monkey. You know, I watched one one time just standing on the thing's fucking back, just digging into its back, pulling out flesh. It could have just killed it, but it was actually getting off on hearing the other thing screaming. And I just, so much fucking sadistic human behavior in it. I fucking, I hate him. And I just felt like when we were still pulling the fish out just to be doing it, I felt like we were a bunch of chimps, like we should have been doing that, you know? Walking around that weird chip walk, fucking punching our chests, you know? Maybe I'm over-fucking-reacting, but uh, I got to tell you, my favorite part of um, of the fishing trip, other than watching uh, one of the guys I was with pull in this beautiful bass, fucking gorgeous fish that I knew we were going to cook up and eat and it would feed all of us, um, was when uh, there was a school of porpoises that was that was swimming along the boat. I actually took video. You know something? I don't know how to do it. I'll give it to my guy. Maybe uh, he'll be able to upload it correctly. But that was the best part of it, um, personally. It was fucking amazing, man, watching those things cutting through the water like a goddamn sports car. That was the best part. But killing the fluke, I just felt we were taking up the fluke, man. Those stupid flat fish. I, I just felt like I was beating up a three-year-old. Um, so anyways, let's, uh, let's fucking uh, let's do some of the reads here for this week. Um, oh, hey, by the way, if you want to send in a, um, a, uh, a question here to the podcast, the way you send it is to Bill at the mmpodcast.com and that's all lowercase except for the m's in mm podcast bill at the mm podcast um oh did anybody watch the emmys last night um i didn't watch them i was traveling and um evidently um somebody gave some powerful speech some woman gave a speech about uh racism and all that and of course the crowd went fucking crazy and uh, I, I don't fucking get that moment when somebody black is on stage. Right. And they talk about how racist Hollywood is and how it needs to stop the level. Like the white people in the crowd almost like trip over themselves to stand up and applaud. And it always comes off so fucking phony to me. Like the level that. Yeah. The level that they're screaming and applauding and crying and doing all this fucking bullshit. It's just like you guys are the guys who are running the shit. 
I'm not talking about the actors, but there's like showrunners in the crowd. There's there's heads of studios and all that. It's like if you really gave a fuck to the level that you're acting like you're giving a fuck, the person on stage wouldn't have to be making wouldn't have to be making this speech. I think it's so fucking. I think that they they're jumping up and they're applauding at that fucking level because they don't want to get caught on camera not clapping. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that all white people are bad. Right? I'm not saying that shit. But it, it just, it, I, don't, I don't fucking get that moment. I feel like whiteies like me in that moment, rather than applauding wildly, should be going like, all right, all right, you got us. You're right. You're right. We got we to work better. We got to work harder on that one. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> Instead of standing there applauding as if you're not part of the problem. You know what I mean? See, even myself, as much as I feel like things should be fair, I don't do anything about it. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to keep my boat afloat. Right? That's actually kind of funny when you think about it. When you think about how cutthroat show business is, the most honest things that white people could do in that point at that point would not be to applaud. They would be like, wait a minute. This business is hard enough for us with it being completely unfair and tilted in our favor. Why would I applaud to level it out? Like, yeah, make it harder for me. (laughs) I'm a fucking balding redheaded male. I need it to be slanted in my favor as much as possible. That would be the most honest moment. The most honest reaction. But everybody doesn't. They all stand up and freak out. And this is what really pisses me off is they then think that, yeah, I'm a good person because I just did that. This person is going through this shit. They said they're sick of going through this shit. And now I'm going to stand up and applaud and be like, that's right. You shouldn't have to go through that shit. Okay. Now I'm going to sit back down again and be white. (laughs) (laughs) i'm still waiting for somebody even if it's a feminist anything to be up there standing and be like why are you applauding right now are you going to do anything about this you know what i mean and human beings are all selfish and when you know most part you're not I don't know. Maybe are they? I don't. Know. Maybe I'm just fucking pessimistic. I have no idea. All right, let's uh, let's plow ahead here. Um, all right, American people in their clubs. Hi, Bill. Wanted to ask about you guys across the pond and the way you support your clubs. All right, first of all, we call them teams. All right, just to let you know, if you want to blend in, if your if your government ever goes belly up and you sneak into this country, and you don't want to be found out. You know, that you're an illegal alien. You say teams. You don't say clubs. And vice versa. When the dollar collapse, I'll go over there and be like, all right, who you support? What club you support, mate? All right. Put another shrimp on the barbie. Shagadelic, baby. Just start quoting awful American movies. Um, To me, it looks like you support anyone you fancy anywhere in the U.S., it seems you support about five teams in five different sports. Over in Blighty, we support only like one sport and you keep to it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Can you fucking pat yourself a little? Yeah, yeah, we're fucking loyal over here. Really? 
What else are you going to do over there? The fuck else are you going to do over in Australia? Don't give me any bullshit because I've been to your fucking country. Unless you're in Melbourne, there ain't shit to do. Sydney, Sydney, Jesus Christ. Sydney is like Sacramento, California. All right? The whole middle of your country is full of the most evil fucking poisonous shit ever. Right? You can't even go there. That's what ACDC's Highway to Hell was about, wasn't it? Driving from Perth all the way through that fucking shit. Jesus fucking Christ. All right, let's see. Usually soccer slash football um, is what you support, but the richer you are, the this, this sport changes. Example, rugby, tennis, and so on. Those are for rich people, evidently. Uh, for, the most, for most people, you support one team, and you live no more than 30-mile radius, or at least uh, to your top league team, unless you're a glory supporter, which means a bandwagoner, I guess. So my question is, are all Americans glory hunters or is there a way of doing things the novice can't see go fuck yourself yeah you dope i don't know what the fuck you're talking about i support all the boston teams the patriots as far as like we have four professional sports and i can't help it that we have more over here see the middle of our country we're able to grow enough food to feed the world you guys, the middle of your country, you have enough poisonous shit to murder everybody in the world. Maybe that's why your teams are only 30 miles a fucking way. You're trying to, you're trying to shorten the travel to the stadium so nobody fucking dies. Um, yeah, so the four major sports over here are football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. And uh, I support all the Boston teams. Those are my favorite teams. They always have been. Now... Since I have a job where I have all this free time, you know, I can watch golf majors. I can watch tennis majors. I can watch college football. I can watch college hoop. I can't watch it and pay attention to it the level that I pay attention to football and hockey. You can't even with the four major sports. Like basically, somebody who watches and pays attention like to baseball and football then has to make a choice with basketball or hockey. Like there's football, baseball, and basketball fans. There's football, baseball, and hockey fans. And for the most part, the way the seasons overlap now, it's becoming football and basketball, football and hockey, or maybe some people just a hardcore like baseball fan. Um, you know, that's basically what it is. But it, we definitely have glory supporters, as you call them, or um, – bandwagon fans there's a lot of bandwagon yankee fans there's a lot of bandwagon um like dallas cowboy fans when they're good you know there's just certain teams that are like i don't know they have like national appeal but um no for the most part yeah you go and people support the teams that are in their area i don't know what you're seeing or if you hear me because i talk about all these different sports i mean i have to or unless I just want to do like a Boston podcast, which kind of limits. I mean, this podcast is Boston enough. I don't want to fucking, you know, eliminate all that other shit. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not. I think we just got a bunch of great sports over here and it's fun to fucking watch. But I don't think that people are necessarily any more bandwagon over here. Well, I can't say than over there because I don't know what the fuck goes on over there. But um as usual, you, uh, you're you not from the United States, and you did what most foreigners do, is you 
in a very insulting way, shitting all over uh, America. You try to act like you're trying to get information as you shit all over us. Uh, but the great thing about my job is um, I've been to where you're at and I've smelt your shit and it smells no differently. So go fuck yourself. Um, anyways, Aussie rules. Good day, Blinky Bill. Um, no, I don't think that there's any more. Well, I, like I said, I guess I don't, I don't know how many fucking people are glory supporters over there. Um, all right, let's continue. All right. Last week, you got an email from a fellow Australian fan who asked you to explain the rules of American football. In return, you, you asked an Aussie to explain our own brand of football. So here goes. Oh, Jesus. By the way, I should have just said American football. You know, you got two ends of the field. Both teams defend the end of the field that's to their backs. All right? The other team gets the fucking ball. All right? If they run it into the end zone or throw it into the end zone, they get six points followed by an, an extra point where they kick it through the uprights for one point. All right? If you drive down the field, stalls, you can try to kick the ball through the uprights. And you get three points. If you don't think he can make it, you punt the ball. That's it. That's all I should have said. Going through the whole first down, second down, all that is too much. All right. Australian rules. That's, that's chapter two. All right. Australian rules football was invented in Melbourne, uh, Victoria, in the 1870s. Yes, that long ago. Well, why did you think that I was going to think that was a long time ago? Baseball was invented in the 1880s. There's always that insulting, like, fucking, like, in the United States, you don't fucking know. Whoa, 1870s? People were alive back then? Um, and there's a competition between 18 teams from around the nation. Each each team plays 22 games between April and September. <clears throat> and then the top eight teams on the ladder play finals football during September's, September and into October. All right, so it's playoff time. Winning a game gets the team four premiership points, and losing it gets you nothing. AFL is played on a large oval, about 150 meters from goal to goal. There really aren't any set dimensions for the field of play, as the ovals over in Perth are known to be wider than the fields in Victoria and in South Australia. Well, back in the day in the NHL, hockey rinks were different sizes. Boston had a smaller rink, so we more had like grinders. You know, physical players and then uh, other places, you know, if they had a bigger rink, they went more for fucking speed. Um, And then teams used to do shit like if the other team was fast, they wouldn't fucking, they'd have the ice be a little more slushy and all that type of shit. All that type of shit, you know. Anyway, so here we go. Anyways, now to the actual rules. Like in the NFL, there are some set point players. Uh, but for now, let's just break them into defenders, midfielders, and forwards. The ball is bounced in the center of the ground at the start of play or after a goal is scored. And the opposing ruckman, that was in quotes, jump to try and tap the ball to their midfield midfielder's advantage, quite like basketball. To dispose of the ball, a player must either kick it or handball it, which is essentially holding the ball in one hand and punching it with the other. A player cannot throw the ball but can kick or hand ball in any direction. The ball must be bounced while a player is running with it. Like in basketball, 
but only like every 10 paces. If the ball is kicked outside the field of play, this is actually interesting because I've watched the game and I'm picturing run, these fuckers running around. Now I kind of get it. Uh, if the ball is kicked outside the field of play on the full, on the full, what the fuck is that? A free kick is awarded to the other team. If it goes out of bounds after bouncing along the ground, the boundary umpires just throws, just throws it in. What the fuck is the full? The ball is kicked outside the field of play on the full. A free kick is awarded to the other team. A free kick what? To kick it between those posts or to kick it to your other team? I don't fucking know. Uh, If a player catches the ball, it is called a mark. And the umpire referee will blow his whistle and award this player a few seconds to explore his options and then kick on. If the player moves past the line, I've seen all of this shit. Yeah, they all clear out. If the player moves past the line where he, where he marked the ball, the umpire calls play on, and the player can then be tackled by the opposition. If he is tackled with the ball and does not get rid of it legally, it's called holding the ball, and the, and, and the tackler gets a free t- kick. What? Don't you mean then the tackler gets a free kick? However, if the tackler falls on the victim's back or makes head-high contact, a free kick is awarded to the player he was tackling. Jesus Christ, dude, this is way too much information. This, it's still going to go. He's still going here. In order to score, a player must kick the ball through his team's center goalpost. If he does this, it's worth six points. However, if he misses to either side, the ball goes through the behind the post. It's worth just one point. Oh, yeah, because you guys got the two tall ones and then the two smaller ones, right? Usually goals are scored from inside a team's 50-meter arc, but they don't have to be. Goals can be kicked by any player on the ground in any way you can imagine as long as it comes off the foot and is not touched by another player. Lastly, a specky. A specky. Come on, KZ. They always have E at the end. Specky. Roy, a specky. Uh, lastly, I went to English to Aussie. Roy. Specky. Um, a specky is when one player jumps on the ball, jumps on the shoulders or back of another player to mark the ball. They are named appropriately because they are spectacular to watch. Yeah, that's a big thing. Like, they don't want to say the whole word. They just throw E at the end. Specky. It was a specky. Instead of saying spectacular. Um, I think. Anyways, I've only been there a couple times. His players are often as high as four meters when they catch the ball. That's about tw- a little more than 12 feet in the air. Thankfully, head-high contact does not apply to speckies. That's about it, Bill. Seems like a lot of rules when it's all written down, but I'm sure a seasoned sports pro like yourself could pick it up pretty quickly. Games um, are streamed on www.afl.com.au. Who knows? Maybe AFL could add some excitement to the dry months between hockey, basketball, and NFL. Uh, if you're looking for a team, I reckon you suit the Western Bulldogs. You love your dogs, obviously, but more than just that, they also play in the same colors as your Patriots, and they are based in a decent working-class area, just like your beloved Boston. Uh, go love yourself, my friend. Thanks for reading, and thanks for years of laughs. All right. P.S. Blinky Bill is a much-loved Australian cartoon koala. Oh, I got to look that up. All right, here comes a creepy one. Um, she said rape. I had a videotape. All right, talk about going from f- just some bullshit to to 
about as heavy a topic as you could have. All right. Hey, Bill, I got a little question. Doesn't sound like a little question, dude. She said rape. I have videotape. All right. This all sounds crazy. All right. Last year, I had sex with a girl. and Two days later, I was arrested, charged with rape. Luckily, I filmed it. I filmed it all as me and a friend had a threesome with her. So it's all good now. Wait a minute. All right, so if I'm to believe you, you and your friend had a threesome with this woman. You filmed it. Did she know you were filming it? Maybe because you filmed it, she then got afraid that you were going to show it to people, so then she did that. I have no fucking idea. There's too many. Or maybe you filmed it and she didn't know, which would make you a piece of shit, but then smart because she said it was rape and it wasn't. That's if I believe you. There's a lot of variables here. Um, luckily I filmed it at all as me and a friend had a threesome with her. So it's all good. Now, do you see how I have to still doubt this guy because of this thing? He had a videotape, the cops watched it and he got off. I still have to act like she still had a case because it's rape. You know what I mean? I have to act like no guy ever gets accused of rape when he didn't rape. You know what I mean? I have to be like, you know what I mean? I gotta be like those white people at the award shows. I have to stand up and applaud. Um, but the whole thing stresses, stressed me out so bad that I had to quit my job. Yeah, I would think so. And I've gone to therapy ever since. Now I always wear a hidden recording device when I'm on a date with a girl. I got paid $1,000 because all of that happened. Or $1,000 in damages. The girl, on the other hand, didn't suffer a bit. She was apparently unstable and had reported eight other cases of rape the same year. I was number nine. Still, the police showed up with six men, two cars, and made my room look like a scene from CSI. Well, they're just doing their job, dude. And as she was unstable, she didn't have to pay me or any or anything, or anyone. I got paid by the government. I was risking years behind bars. Yeah, and God knows what they would have done to you in there. I read something in the local paper by another one of her victims that was also proven innocent, was being hated on by my country's biggest feminist groups. Rape is serious, but this is this has to stop. What are your thoughts on this, Bill? Thank you uh, for your answer, and consensually, fuck you. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's your situation is you're going to get caught up in after years of it going totally the other way, where it was where they blamed the victim and said, "Well, what were you wearing?" Um, you were asking for it. What did you think was going to happen now? You know, which obviously needed to stop that now socially it's gone from where they blamed the victim to, I mean, back in the day, they'd be like, well, you were drinking. What did you think was going to happen? Um, they've gone all the way to the other side now where it's just like, If she said she was raped, she was raped. So, which isn't a bad, what makes it a bad fucking thing is the fact that they put the accused name in the picture and everything in the fucking paper before anything has been proven. And I am an advocate of you protect both people until something has been proven, either innocence or guilt. All right. And if it's innocent, you let that person get back on with their life because you cannot shake that. 
It's over. The second you're accused of that shit, it's fucking over. You know, it's it's complete. It's it's over. You are branded that for the rest of your fucking life. And when you have somebody out there, if they're fucking unstable and they're doing this for whatever fucking reason, I mean, God knows what horrible thing happened to this person that they're doing this. Um, or maybe they were born unstable. I have no fucking idea. But, you know, the fact that, you know, you get a thousand bucks, you're in therapy, you got to quit your fucking job and all that. I mean, uh, look, who's kidding who, dude? All right. You had a fucking threesome. All right. You videotaping the fucking thing. I mean, I don't know that you. Uh, I can't say you don't wear a fucking recording device. I totally understand why you would. I totally get that. But I would just say, why don't you, you know, try to date somebody a little more stable? I mean, you're going on dates versus, you know hooking up with some crazy person who's having a threesome and letting you film the fucking thing. I mean, right there, dude. If you fucking, like, if you hook up with somebody, you don't fucking know them from Adam, and they're going to have a fucking threesome, and they're going to let you film the fucking thing? I mean, right there. I mean, the, the amount of red flags that should be flying in your face, you shouldn't even be seeing the person anymore. Here I am blaming you again. You're probably a young guy. You never had this. So you learned your fucking lesson here. Um, I don't know, dude, like if, if, if secretly wearing a recording device, you know, makes you feel more comfortable, then I, 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 I don't have a problem with it. I mean, dude, you, you, I don't know if you ever heard like what happens to rapists in, in, in jail. Uh, you know, they're like hunted down. And fucking gang raped and all of that type of shit. It's fucking horrific. What could have happened to you just because she said that that happened? And um, those feminist groups that are doing that shit, I mean, they're basically exposing themselves for what they truly are. Is they're sexist. They're totally fucking sexist. Any woman says a guy does anything, they just totally have their fucking back. They don't give a shit. I mean, if this was this person even in that year said that, you know, someone raped and didn't raped her and didn't. I mean, right there, they did a little bit of fucking where they just immediately back them. Let me guess. Did they apologize to you at all? You know, I'm sure they didn't. Did they is as big as a fucking surge that they did online or wherever they were coming at you when they apologized, which should have been even bigger. Did they? I'm sure they didn't. You know? Because they're sexist cunts. <laughs> they are. They don't give a shit. They sit there and they pat themselves on the back like they're these socially advanced fucking people. And they aren't. They're the exact fucking thing that they're fighting. The exact moron sexist guy that thinks a woman should just be there to suck his dick and make him a sandwich. They are the female version of that. They are the female fucking version that generally fucking speaking. And I can speak in generalities considering how they treated you. Um, all right. Here we go. Telling guitarist he's bad. Hey, Billy Bonzo. Bill, I love you and I need your help. All right. I am a 16-year-old guy from Egypt. That's so fucking cool. And you listen to this podcast. That's awesome. Yes, you have fans in Egypt. Anyway, I have been playing guitar for two years now and I started a band with some friends. That's awesome. 
a drummer, a bass player, and another guitar player. Here's the problem. We're having trouble with the guitar player. He is flashy. He is a flashy fuck with no talent. He never practices enough, has very bad quality guitar and amp, learns solos only, and doesn't even play them correctly. And he wants me to play the rhythm section while he shits the lead parts. I don't have a problem in playing rhythm, but only if he can play well. To put his failure into perspective, he's been playing guitar for over six years, and most people tell me I'm way better than him. Not trying to be cocky or anything, just shitting on him more and more. Uh, where I live, finding another guitarist who can actually play is very difficult, so it's hard to let him go while we have a gig coming in October. So should we let him go and find another guy? And if so, can we tell him that he is out? Ah, Jesus Christ, dude. There's, there's a lot of variables in this one. All right, so if I am to believe that this guy stinks as much as you do, and not that this is some cliched in-band fighting where you're playing rhythm and he's playing lead so all the chicks want to bang him afterwards and you're standing there like, what about me? You know what I mean? Everyone wants to fuck Angus. Nobody wants to fuck Malcolm over here. You know? Um, as long as it isn't that, this guy truly does suck. And if you're actually better than him, then um, why don't you turn yourselves into a power trio? You know? And then all you got to do is have your bass player and your drummer will give them more space for when you're playing the lead. Um, it would make you a better guitarist too, especially if there's some space within those leads and then you could hit a couple of fucking the rhythm chords and then go in and out of the fucking, make you a better guitarist. I mean, I can tell you right now that if you think this guy's a flashy fuck with no talent and he's not practicing and he's been playing three times as long as you and you feel that you're better, I don't see you guys ever coming to a point where you're going to be happy with what the fuck he's doing. Um, my only question is, though, you do need some showmanship in the band, I would think, because sometimes somebody can be better than somebody else, but they stand there and they look like a fucking toad waiting for a fly to come by. And then at that point, you literally have to be a musician to understand how what they're doing because there is you know you also have to entertain people so uh all this flashy shit though that could get you some gigs you know what i mean in the beginning who knows i don't know you you'd have to assess all of that but if you the drummer and the bass player are all on the same page and you just think this guy's a flashy fuck who's who's not bringing anything to the band then uh then yeah I'd bounce the guy. Maybe after your gig in October, if there's not enough time to find somebody new, maybe play one more fucking gig and then get rid of him. Um, but if if he's actually, you know, there's been a lot of flashy guys that couldn't quite fucking play, but they were fun to watch and the bands made it. So I don't know. That, that, that part of it is going to have to be up to you. But uh, I think there's opportunity there for you to become an even better guitarist if you want to try to hold down his parts for a while until you find somebody else, and then you know what? You only have to split the gig money three ways instead of four. All I would say is if you're going to start playing leads, then uh, I would steal a little bit of that guy's moves and his fashion scent. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to do a couple of things. You can't be standing back there fucking, I don't know. Like I said, like that toad on a lily pad. All right, uh, Canadian politician wants to stunt population growth. 
Hey, Broccoli Bill, just saw this article about Elizabeth May, the leader of, of our Green Party, the number four uh, political party in Canada, who supports reducing the world's population. Uh, figure it's up your alley. That's amazing. Uh, here's a link to her party platform. But since you suck at reading, here are a few of the main points of what she wants to do. That's hilarious. I was even struggling reading that sentence. Uh, one, integrate goals for reduced fertility in the overall effort to eliminate poverty. Uh, what does that mean? She wants to sterilize poor people? Uh, this does not sound green. This sounds like brown shirt. Uh, realize that failure to stabilize and reduce human population will result in the inevitable reduction of human population by means of high death rates as the Earth's human carrying capacity is not only exceeded but reduced by the consumption of resources and the destruction of biological capital, resulting in poverty, starvation, disease, great human suffering, and possibly social disruption. Absolutely. Check all of those off. Uh, integrate goals for improved health care and spreading knowledge of birth control methods and efforts that increase the availability of birth control equipment and supplies into the overall efforts to eliminate poverty. Four, recognize that the high level of per capita resource consumption in developed countries makes the impact of their population much more serious. Stoked to see you in Toronto for a couple of weeks just, uh, just for laughs, and thanks for the podcast, you dope. Um, well, speaking of stupid, you're going to fucking see me next week, unless this is left over from a while ago. Uh, you're actually going to see me this week, so it's not a couple of weeks. Um, what I think needs to be done is I think that there just needs to be from top to bottom information on what the human population is doing to the oceans, to the air, to the trees, to all of that type of shit. And at this point, this, not, this is not even tree hugger shit. This is just literally fact. Um, there just needs to be way less fucking people. And if you just, like, I was going to say prognosticated. Is that actually a word? If you just projected, if you just showed what the fuck we're headed towards and you scared the fuck out of people and you somehow this is why it's not going to work you got to get everybody on the same page and you got to get people to not uh, act selfishly it's like if there's a fucking plane crash right into the fucking mountains and the survivors are sitting there and they pool together all the resources they have and they're all on the same team no matter what there's always going to be that person who's out for themselves, okay? And that's just in a group of fucking 20 people. So if you just factor that in into 7 billion people, the amount of people that are out there for themselves, um, I don't think that it works. And I think that we are uh, we are doomed to, to that second paragraph where there's... Uh, you know, res- resulting in poverty, starvation, disease, great human suffering, and possible social disruption. I think that that's going to happen. I think the upper 1% realizes that, and I think they're insulating themselves um, from that inevitability by pooling the resources for themselves, turning places into police states, getting rid of rights, and living in gated communities. They are all set, all right? They are all set for all of that shit to happen. Um and that's just my paranoid fucking two cents. Um, anyways, so that's the podcast here for this week. Um, I'll send you that, that video of the porpoises swimming through the ocean. 
while they're still there. And uh, what else? I think that's it. I got to. Oh, so I got to run a dates this week, man. If you're in Texas, all right. I'm going to be in Austin for two shows tonight. I'm going to be in San Antonio. I'm going to be in Dallas. I'm going to be in Houston. Um, is that it? I think that that is it. No El Paso on this run. No College Station. No Corpus Christi. None of that shit. So you know you might have to drive a little bit. But I'm driving all over the heart of Texas. And um, and on Sunday I'm going to be at the Just for Laughs in Toronto. I got a whole new hour of shit. I am rested up, sort of, from my um, my uh, my week out there in Nantucket. And um, I'm not really rested up. I smoked a fucking cigar every day. I smoked two on one day. And I am fucking spent. But that'll give me fuel for my stand-up act. So anyways, uh, I think that's it. That's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. I will talk. I'll check in on Thursday. See you. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Anything Better podcast, NFL edition, week number three, with your host, me, Paul Verzi, over here, Bill Burr over there. We got the Greek freak in Greece. Doesn't get more Greek than that. And then we got Jake the Snake Ross, Jake the Snake Rothstein over yeah. in... Uh, <laughs> You know, we you don't, don't want to get know. you don't want to get the look from Jake the Snake when you make your pick. You don't want to see him be like, yeah, like we don't even know where Jake is located. Look at him; he looks like he's in some cave with stats. He's got a whiteboard. <laughs> he's got cinder blocks around. They, they call him the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, he's our he's our Jonah Hill from Moneyball. Yes, uh, you guys are listening to uh, the third week of our NFL thing. Oh, Paulie had a rough one. What can I say? But before we get into before we get into that, let's talk about our great sponsor, BetMGM. Uh, love working with these guys. All you guys have to do, you know it by now if you listen to the show. All you got to do, you place your first bet, the BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application. At least $10, guys. All you do is you put $10 in, you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wages outcome. Uh, how do you do it? Four easy steps. You download the BetMGM app. Uh, you sign up and deposit $10, at least $10, into the newly created account. You place a wager in the amount of at least $10 at standard odds price, which is a qualifying bet. And once you have placed a qualifying bet, you receive 200 bucks in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. We will also... Um, yeah, and we're also going to be doing the – they're still doing the Survivor Pool. It's not for the grand prize of 250 k but you could sign up anytime. Keep picking the team you think is going to win, and um, I'm sure there's going to be some prizes, right, Andrew? Just not the 250 k So you guys can still sign up for that. It's not too not too late for that. Well, and what, of course, happened? what happened to the 250 grand? You had to do it by – dangling that out there, and then you just take it away? You can't do that to us. Well, you know you what that's like, Paul. That's like when we got that fucking first down, and then they go to the re replay booth. The fucking guy's not laying on the fucking. He's laying on fucking open grass with with fucking lead based tires on it. That 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 causes cancer. But we don't. We refuse to fucking acknowledge it here in the United States. Did the, how the fuck with Andrew? You're a Patriots fan. You're unbiased. I can't go to you, Jake the Snake. I gotta ask you, dude. What the fuck about that was more conclusive than what the guy said on the field? Even yeah, Chris Collinsworth was like, I don't get that call. It's a yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't want you guys all to agree with me. Now there's nothing to yell about. All right, we got fucking hosed well, last week. I think, well, no, I think the nose, I think the nose of the ball was at the marker when I saw it. I think it was bullshit. They should have let that go. They should have let oh, that go. Well, this is what I think. I don't think anybody could tell. The ref took a fucking guess and the goddamn replay didn't show anything either way. So you go with what you said on the field. No, nah, I can tell. But you tell. can't tell me that for fucking years. <laughs> and then, then it's time for my team. You're like, yeah, fuck that rule. Is Dude, there anything holding that football like a woman that jumped off a fire escape with their baby? You couldn't even see the fucking thing. Is there anything better than Bill Burr yelling about the Patriots with that old school, amazing starter jacket on? I mean, I'm that's just like a special teams coach in 1982. What the hell's going on out there? Bill, all you need to do is throw the headset when you're done. <laughs> oh, that's our new expression. Instead of keep your shirt on, Andrew, the new expression is, hey, don't don't throw your headset. Keep yeah. your headset on. I was talking. <laughs> Game um, ain't over. Game ain't over. Keep your headset on. Um. All right. We'll do a quick recap. I'll do a recap real quick of mine, and then I will pass it to you. But before we get started, we always want to say here at the Anything Better podcast, guys, we're doing this for fun, and we want you guys to bet responsibly. Have a good time with it. Enjoy the weekend, and don't fucking let it be some crazy thing, okay? We yeah, always want to say that. Don't let a $10 that. buy-in ruin your fucking life here. You're yeah. supposed to have fun. This is yeah. just silly shit that we're doing here. Don't we fucking have... be betting, you know, more just... than you know, tens of thousands of dollars, Paul. Then I think you'd have to be a fucking millionaire to do that, right? Well, Let's look, it's stupid here. It, it's like when you go to the convenience store and you want a little, you're a little thirsty. Grab a six. Right. Grab a sixer. You don't grab a 30 case on a Tuesday. You're betting on sports, Paul. You're dating a stripper. <laughs> don't fall in love with her. All right? Don't chase her down the fucking street. She's gone. You know, you know if we play back, if we play back last, Last week's picks, I said this on the pod. I go, I looked at my card and I go, I don't know, guys. I go, I don't love this. I go, this is something that could be good or 0-4. And, and then I watched the Lions up a touchdown. All of a sudden, it says overtime. Then I watched the Chargers up four covering overtime. Then I'm going, oh, boy. Then Jimmy Garoppolo, he's throwing picks all over the fucking yard to the Bills. Now I'm going, Paul, he's got 0-3. And then my Giants, who are getting absolutely scared. Skunked 20 to nothing after going. The Giants went down 60 points to nothing the first two games. Of course, we come back and Paulie loses that one too. Oh, Bill, I did the unimaginable in week yeah, two. Yeah, but Paul, could you sleep no, with your picks? The unforgivable, but I could. But I could. That's why. <laughs> I love that. You know I, why I beat the book? I can sleep. I can sleep with my picks. That like made no sense and total sense at the same time. Like you, you, you fucking split the matrix. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going with it. Uh, and Bill, at least, you know, what was nice for you. I was talking to Bill and it's always nice when you know, you got two wins in your back pocket before the late games. Cause you were just, Not you were when like, you get fucked on the last two games, but thank God you Jesus had two Christ, wins. But they call roughing the passer one more fucking time on that drive against the fucking jets. Paul, the guys were literally in the air. Dak fucking Prescott was taking. I could have taken that hit my fucking street clothes. I would have limped around <laughs> a little bit, but I still would have made it into Staples to buy some coffee or paper. Dude, if you took that hit, you would not be on this podcast right now. Get the fuck out of here. I've seen homeless guys tackle innocent people out here in L.A. <laughs> and they've shaken it off more than that. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> All right. We're coming right out of the gate, Paul. You know my jacket's on, so you know what I'm going to be taking later oh, on. So I got to guard that. And I know, Paul, you're too much of a gentleman to take that fucking thing from me. So this is what yeah. I'm going to do, Paul. Uh, I think the Colts have a terrible defense. 
according to what I saw. By the way, Paul, uh, the new inside the NFL is fucking amazing. Oh, I yeah? watched it last night. It's four guys that played the game, that know the game, breaking it down for an hour. It's fantastic. I was on the NFL Network, and I'm watching this show. There's some dude and some lady. The guy's fucking voice was higher than hers. There was no testosterone on the show. I thought they were remodeling a kitchen. I was like dozing <laughs> off. Like, are they talking about football here? And then I put on fucking NBC, ABC. They got fucking... They got Ocho Cinco on there. They got a dude from the Redskins and two other guys that fucking played the game. They're talking, yeah. you know, whenever I played the Steelers, it was a double chin strap game. That was the kind of shit. It made me feel more like a man. I recommend that show. Um, all right. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I loved what I saw last week. They got this dude, Gus Edwards, dude. Just a fucking a monster running back. Uh, uh, um, Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball better than I've ever seen him. He's running around like a fucking deer. You think he's taking off, he throws the ball. You think he's throwing the ball, he fucking takes off. Clowney's coming into his own with his little skip step going around people. I know they're laying eight. Guess what, Paul? I don't give a fuck. I'm taking Ravens. Laying eight. Updated, li updated line on that bill is seven and a half. Seven so and a half. Laying... I like it even better. By the way, even we're these games on Wednesday, Paul. We don't even have the injury reports. No. I mean, we're flying blind in here without fucking instruments. Um, Two chains. What do you got? I like that. I like that pick. Ravens look good, and Ravens look like they're going to keep getting better. They're one of those teams that's going to keep getting better. Um, Here's the deal, dude. Is Joe Burrow definitely out? Joe Burrow had that fucking gun on his cap. He uh, celebrated a touchdown, and I think he tweaked it. And he, he was literally at the end of the game, came out limping. And, uh, you know, you, look, the guy's a fucking man. He smoked cigars. He played at LSU. I mean, he's going to give it his all on Sunday. But, uh, you know, fucking guy's cap is definitely an issue. Hey, Jake the Snake, we have that report. That's a definite? He's out? It's not definite, but... I Jake, you're at the Tangiers. <laughs> what are they saying over there? Un unlikely is what I would say. But it's unlikely. Unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there is the a cold reptilian tone in your voice this week. I would go with that unlikely, Paul. <laughs> and the Rams have covered the last two weeks. They're covering. They're not always winning, but they're covering. Oh, yeah, you guys see Oh, that? yeah, and that's a big thing for their coach, too, covering, kicking that fucking field goal. What the fuck was that, Paul? I thought that was to cover the spread. That was for a push. Yeah, that was Come for on, a push. Look at that guy. He's the best-looking coach in the NFL. No disrespect to Pete Carroll. He held the title for a long time. It's now that dude with the fucking Rams. He has yeah. his guy kick that fucking field goal, Paul. I'm not trying to get in your head. It's a push. The amount of money that he made Vegas. He's a 50-minute flight away from Vegas, Paul. You telling me he wasn't with some showgirls that night? <laughs> Doing a little chorus line, high-stepping, you know? I'm, Still I'm, wearing his Under Armour wear? What I liked all week, what I liked all week, and I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. I liked it all week. And here's why. You know, you got an 0-2 Bengals team. You can't go 0-3 at home. And they have too much talent with Joe Mixon and Chase. Okay. I don't know who the – I don't know what's going to happen with Burrow. But since it's not a definite, they're laying two and a half. Cincinnati's season is on the line at home. And I don't trust the Rams. Just the fact that they kicked the field goal down to cover. I don't like what's going on there. 
Uh, and I, I'm going to take the Bengals at home minus two and a half to win the game by three. I got Cincinnati at home. You know Monday what, Paul? Night. I bet a lot of people don't agree with that, so I think that that's a good pick. Because you know something? I don't know who the fucking Rams are. I don't know what's going on over there. And it's two and a half right now. Even better for I, you, Paul. I like it at two and a half. Wait, are you also getting for the two lit- and a half or you're laying two and a half? No, the, the Bengals got to win by three. They got to win by three. I you know what? Also I, I for think the Joe Burrow's not going 0-3. He's not going 0-3. I like that. All right, here's another team I like, Paul. This is a crazy fucking game. Um, oh, I got two crazy ones, Paul. I'm sitting, I'm teetering. It looks like I'm on a seesaw here. Uh, mm, I think I'm going to take my Titans. You love it. The- getting three? Dude, the Titans to you or the Chargers to me? <laughs> <laughs> no, except mine come through. Yeah, that's true. Titans come. Titans yes. are a good organization, dude. The Chargers, man. The Chargers are a dysfunctional family. They got a bunch of talented kids there, but there's no parental supervision. Correct. <laughs> and it's minus three. You're right, Phil. The Titans are minus three. You just cut out on me. Can anybody hear me? They're getting yeah, three. Cut. Yeah, they're getting three. Yeah. All right. So the Titans are laying three. Against the Browns. I'll tell you this. No, no, no. They're getting three. They're getting three. I'll tell you this. Like, yeah. Nobody gave many respect on on, on uh, Monday night against the fucking Steelers. Deshaun Watson was throwing some great balls. He was throwing some fucking great balls. He was moving around. They turned around the ball a lot. They obviously lost Nick Chubb, which is fucking brutal. But they're going to get what's-his-face is coming back. The guy who was blocking on punts there in the fucking hotel room there. Kareem uh, Hunt. I'm taking the Titans. I think they're a good goddamn organization. And uh, I don't know. I'm sick of fucking betting on the Browns until they get their shit together. They fucked me again on Monday night. So I'm a little jilted, jilted lover here. I'm taking the Titans, getting three against the Browns in Cleveland. Nice. I like that. That's a good pick. All right. Here we go. We got two. Oh, man, this is nuts, dude. This is I mean, this one made me lose some sleep. This is the one where you look, you, you stare down yourself in the mirror after 0-4 and, and you go, we got to get back up on his horse. <laughs> I like your pick so far. What do you, what, so far, Paul, what do you got? The 0-2 Chargers are going to the 0-2 Vikings. Okay? The 0-2 Chargers are going to the 0-2 Vikings in Minnesota, and the line is basically a pick em. It is a one-point spread for the Chargers. So Vikings getting one at home. Whoever goes down is, I mean, this is tough. Here's the deal. I'm going to do something I didn't think I would do. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings at home. Wow. Against the Chargers. Justin Jefferson is a the best wide receiver. Jake, why are you shaking your head? You don't like it? No, I'm just a fan. <laughs> oh. It's you're, a you're a fan of the Vikings. I'm no, telling Chargers. you, you got to get off the screen. <laughs> sorry. I oh, you're a fan of the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, look, it's a pick It's a one-point game. I think whatever team would be home with this one-point spread win the game, uh, as much as like the Chargers, dude, I think the Vikings at home with the, with the talent they got, and the Chargers should have won that game last week. I mean, they are going to be pissed. Oh, it's like a pick 
I'm just going to take Kirk, Minnesota. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cousins putting, I mean, putting up like he's putting up like 350 yards a week at this point. I mean, he's 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 playing really, really, really well. I just think, listen, ball. I just think the home team and the Chargers just have broke my heart, man. And I wanted them so bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Minnesota. Watch this is the year. This is the week the Chargers turn it around. I got the Minnesota Vikings at home getting one point with their season on the line in front of their fans. All right, I like that. You know what, Paul? Every other game I like. The spread is just too goddamn big. You know, I hate that 49ers game tonight. Giants, fucking what? Four days rest, 49ers, couple days rest there. Fucking 10 and a half. I'm staying away from that. That Cowboys thing. The Cowboys look incredible. Um, I'm buying into them now. I thought the 40 to nothing thing was that was just some week one bullshit or whatever. But like that, they are a serious real deal team with the coach and all of that. But that spread 12 and a half, I don't like that. So, Paul, um, the next closest game that's really catching my freckled eye, um, Eagles minus five and a half versus Baker Mayfield. Jalen Hurts, he's got that number one receiver. Plus that uh, DeAndre Smith kid, you know, with the Chris Tucker voice. He's fucking hilarious. He's like a six foot. He's got a little fucking Randy Mossisms in him. Um, I just think that they got too much on defense and on offense. I know that's a lot of points. But I, I feel like uh, Tampa's been playing a little above what everybody thought. I think they come down to earth this week. I think the Eagles put a hurting on them and establish themselves, you know, with a nice little showdown coming in. Who's going to be better in the NFC uh, East there, the Cowboys or the Eagles? I like it. They, I think they just have too much. The, the Eagles, man, they got like like top-tier explosive fucking speed. And I don't know. I just don't think that – I don't think Tampa's defense is going to be up for it. So I'm taking the Eagles minus five and a half. Going into Tampa. Going into Ybor City. Shit on side splitters and the improv down there. And walking Dude. away with some strippers. Talk about two of the best wide receivers in football on the same team with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Dude, that's that's ridiculous. I is love it that. DeAndre or Devontae? Oh, I'm sorry. Devontae Smith. I can't. And, I can't get any of these fucking these new school fucking names, Paul. I, you know. Um. All right, I got another one that I didn't Dude, think. Black I was... guy names now have more syllables than Italian guy last names. <laughs> 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 yeah, when I was a kid, it was like Haywood, Leon. It was they were they was they were more. The white guy could get his yeah. fucking this. There's, there's like DeAndre, Deion, there's like fucking 47 offshoots to that fucking name. I'm never going to get it straight. It's like the NHL. Once the fucking Russians got in, I can't, I can't pronounce, I can't pronounce a fucking defenseman's name anymore. Those Finnish guy, some guy yeah. from Helsinki, he could have a 20 year career in the NHL. I'm, I'm going by his nickname. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is so true. There, and there's so many Devontae's, the Devontae Smith, Devon, uh, What's his name on the Devontae Adams, that wide receiver? Uh, oh, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, all I, whatever there's something Smith. No disrespect. I'm fucking old. All right. That, that fucking kid can play. Speaking of something Smith, that'll lead me into this next pick. I'm picking a team that I rarely pick. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks at home, minus six against the Carolina Panthers. Carolina's got a rookie quarterback from Alabama. He looks like he's going to be good, and he, he's calm kid. But I just think Sneaky Pete at home with, uh, you know, Sneaky Pete at home. They're one and one. They need to win. Geno Smith is showing that he's definitely more than just uh, 
game manager. And I love that it's minus six and not seven on a Wednesday afternoon. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks minus six at home against a young Carolina Panthers team. I like that pick. And I hope Geno Smith, you know, you know, last week he was just, you know, as a kid says, balling out. Like, I don't, he, he, that's one of his best games as a pro. And I, I really like that guy. And I hope that's more to come. I hope they're going in that direction that that just wasn't, uh, you know, a fluke or whatever, a good week. Cause everybody's always shitting on that guy. And I think he's a fucking solid dude on and off the field. All right, Paul. And with that, the end, there's a reason I wore the jacket, Paul. There's a reason oh. I wore the jacket. I'm taking my New England Patriots. My New England Patriots, Paul. Lay in three. Going down to the Giants house that the Jets rent. All right? I fucking watched that kid, Zach Wilson. Cannot throw to the back shoulder. Okay? His receivers were open a couple of times against the... Then my glasses are crooked, just like my fucking yeah. personality. My fucking, I, I just, I'm telling you, I like the Pats. We're going to get our first win. Our defense is ranked like fourth or fifth in the league. Nobody's talking about that. Um, I think the offense finally steps up and starts playing at Bill Belichick level football. Um, I kind of like, you know, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't done anything quite yet. I think he does. I hope he's going to be our Corey Dillon, like back in the day, you know. When everybody thought Corey Dillon was done on the Bengals, we brought him in. Big game, Corey Dillon. Great announce, great analogy. Thank you. Yeah, that was also, a nice Bill, way you never told me to shut the fuck up. All right, that's it. The glass. No, 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 no. That was her in. That was Bill, good. Bill, it's actually uh, the line moved on that. So good news: the Jets are only getting two and a half. So a field Beautiful. goal will give you Beautiful. give you the W. I, I like think it changed the minute you put the sunglasses on. I think it changed the minute you put the sunglasses on. I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe there's a correlation. I don't Andrew, know. you know, Vegas knows I can move on with how I dress. <laughs> I can fucking make it go one way or the other. Uh, All right, Paulie. Jake, can you do me a favor here? Can you tell me the two? Oh, my God. He's phoning a friend. No. Jake, can you tell me the two teams that the Falcons beat in week one and two? Uh, Carolina and Green Bay. Okay. That just, that just affirms what I'm thinking here. Cause look, I do love, I do love the two and O dolphins playing the O and two, uh, Broncos. And you know what else? And I do like the saints over the Packers, uh, in Green Bay, but you know what I like Dude, more stay than away that? from that saints no. offense, dude. You know, they suck in the red zone. All right. Let me finish. I gave you your fucking, you put your glasses on. I'm trying to help you out here. All right. I'm not going there. You didn't let me finish. I had a nice little fucking uh, crescendo. Right, you know what? Hey, Paul. Paul, you're right. I'm sorry. Wait, was it a crescendo? Is a crescendo the, the right? I don't fuck. Anyway, look. Yes, yes, but you made the rowing the boat motion, so I thought you were rowing to your answer. Though. No, no, saying. I went like this. I, went... <laughs> I got to see it. I got to see it. So this is a sleep at night bet. I'm taking... <laughs> I'm taking... I, I got to do it. I'm taking the Lions at home, three minus three and a half against the Falcons. Who? Oh. It, it, <laughs> I thought you were going foul, dude. What the fuck is? Can we talk about the Falcons being good? Who's yeah, that kid that got a running back? Yeah, but who they play, dude? They played Carolina. They played. Uh, they played two rookie quarterbacks. They played That's two rookie quarterbacks. But yeah. they're comparing that kid to Ladanian Tomlinson, and they were doing like some little uh, comparisons with their videos. 
on the, the, the great new lineup of inside the NFL. That's going to be my go-to. Uh, the Lions have a sick defense, man. And if if any team can stop a run, it's the Lions. The Lions lost a heartbreaker in overtime at home after the big fucking feeling good about Kansas City win on opening night. I think the Lions put it on the Falcons. I All actually right, Paul, can we do one thing first before you fucking put a yeah. stamp on that. Can yeah. we bring up a picture of the Falcons head coach? You got to see this guy, Paul. The second I saw him, I was like, I fucking love this guy and I love the Falcons. Like, oh, I'm watching him this week on YouTube if I can figure out how to do Dude, Is there anything fucking harder than trying to get that fucking thing to work? Oh, they have yeah, to no, confirm I... where you are on your phone. You got to go into your fucking no. settings. Yeah. I'll drop I'll drop a picture in uh, in post, as they say, but uh, for Paul okay. and all, all intents and purposes. It... Can you zoom in on that stash? <laughs> is that dude? Uh, he looks like club, an in shape club soda Kenny. Club soda Kenny, yeah, he looks like Kenny's cousin. Dude, I don't know what it is about that dude, that stash and that face, but I fucking believe in that guy. I'll be honest with you, that picture, that picture, there, there it is. Not, that's what I'm talking about, dude. That that guy looks like a fucking loser, and I don't mean like, <laughs> I don't mean in life, I mean like in football. That. That made me want the Lions more. Oh, I got the Lions. But anytime a guy's doing this. <laughs> Come on, dude. That's the fucking picture. I mean, his, his defense probably did something stupid there. Andrew, I'm telling you, Paul. You got to see Andrew, that man in action. Andrew, put up Dan Campbell. Put up Dan Campbell's picture. Well, the find him with his, head on, with his hands on top of his head. That was a bad picture, man. Right, come on. <laughs> Paul, if I did all of my picks like this, you would think I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> Paul, this is how special this coat is. I've never worn it outside. I still have the fucking tag on it. Uh, I save it for the special weeks. Dude, I'm betting on that guy. Look at the intensity of that guy. You I don't want to get that your ego, Paul. You you think in your head you are that guy, but you're more the Falcons coach. <laughs> I've got to do a third show? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's a midnight? Uh, I don't know, man. That guy, no. I'm telling you, the Lions coach looks like he still has time to work out. That other guy's eating wings until four in the fucking morning and donuts looking at fucking game film. Look, I'm sticking to it. Lions minus three and a half. They're going to put it on the Falcons this week. All right, Paul, keep your headset on. All right. I don't need to get all upset with me here. Hold on a second, Andrew. So I got, let me just re, uh, I got the Bengals. Yeah, let me, I'll read my down. Yeah, you got the Bengals uh, minus two and a half, the Vikings plus one, the Seahawks minus six, and the Lions minus three and a half. I like Paulie's picks. You know what, Paul, when you line them all up? When you line them all up, Paul, I think I'm going to sleep better. Hey, did I and, did I tell and, that joke I said that I said to Nia last week when she was complaining it's her time of the month she was complaining about cramps? And I'd been watching football all day. No. That's so funny. Because oh, I got I, I he goes, I gotta sit down, I got cramps really bad. I go, Nia, you got your period. You don't have a separated shoulder. <laughs> 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 oh, I wish that was on the podcast. She cursed me out so bad I started laughing and she started uh, laughing, and that's why I married her. How many uh, how many women can I mean, take that joke, Paul? Come on. I mean, that's a tough one. 
That's great. I mean, she's, she's the best. <laughs> she fucking, she, she immediately, she goes, fuck you. And I just started laughing. And then she immediately laughed. And then it was it, Paul. You just show her a video of Nick Chubb's leg. Dude, Nick Chubb, dude. God be with that. That was one of the worst hits leg-wise I've seen, man. Hearing that dude screaming in pain was fucking brutal, man. Uh, that reminded me of that kid on Miami who ended up signing with the uh, the Bills and had a great career, too. Um, oh, oh, Willie McGinnis. Uh, no, Willie McGahey. Yeah, Willis. Uh, Willis. Willis, Willis McGahey. He had a good career with the with the um, Patriots. Bills, and he also played oh, for Bills, the Patriots, Bills, Bills. but he also played for the Ravens. Yeah, no, he had a great career. And his oh, fucking agent was the greatest things ever on draft day. Picked up the phone and called him and acted like teams were talking to him. And he got him in there. One of the great fucking moves at all time. And as scummy as the owners probably thought that was, he did him all a favor because that guy was fucking great. Um, so uh, I'm going to read, read down Bill's picks real quick. Speedy, dude, the fucking Aaron Rodgers and Nick Chubb, two of the fucking most entertaining guys out there. I was loving him on the Browns. I love the Browns, dude. As much as they fucking annoy me. That's why I'm betting against them this week. Fucking cunts. I'm going read, to read, read down Bill's picks real quick, just for the record. I know Ravens. what I got. I got the Pats well, minus for, for two the and a half. For the listeners, three. Ravens minus seven and a half. Titans minus three. Eagles minus five and a half. Patriots getting two and a half. And we got two games for the, oh. the Monday night special you can choose from. Eagles add Bucks. Bucks are getting five and a half. Bill already picked. Uh, Wait, slow down. So I'm minus seven with the Ravens. I'm plus two and a half with the Pats. Minus five and a half with the Eagles. The Titans are plus three. Yeah. Titans are plus three, but the Patriots are getting two and a half. They are. Yeah. Oh, my God. Against fucking. Oh, my God. I feel good about that. I feel good about that. All right, Paul. That's a lock, dude. That's a. All right, Bill. It's time for you to sing, bud. Oh, let the Monday night special. Win some money for you. Let the Monday night special win some motherfucking money for you. We almost had it last week. Literally, they were right down at the goal line when that awful injury happened. And we had Nick Chubb to score a touchdown. Wait, can I just say something? People that listen to the show actually write in and go, I listening to Bill sing the Monday night special is one of my favorite things. We were looking good in the first two. But are we going to do the Eagles and Bucks, or are we going to do the Bengals and uh, Vike? I mean, uh, Bengals and Chargers. I don't want. I want to stay Bengals away. And, from the, I'm sorry, Bengals, Bengals and Rams. Who? Bengals and Rams. I want to stay away from the Bengals and Rams because it's only Wednesday, and I don't I have no idea where Joe Burrow was yeah. at. All right, Jesus Christ! What do you got a harem going on over there? Every time I hear it, it's yeah. you got a different broad. You got broads going. You can't have, you can't have it, Jake. We can't have it. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Dre over here. I thought they wouldn't go through. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Just a bunch of women going up to Jake with lines. Hey, dude, the change. He's got it. He's got a fucking chop. Yeah, they're bringing the him. numbers in. No, he's one yeah. of the quietest fucking dons that ever ran a casino. They, they got the perfect un unassuming guy. And all he's of a like, sudden, he gets on our podcast, and they say they're going to tear down the trop in fucking Vegas. I don't think that that's a coincidence. He's like fucking Remo in Casino. Nobody <laughs> had Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma, nobody had Oklahoma. He's, he's going to be hosting right. his own talk show by the end of the fucking... He goes, you see him? He's making us a lot of money. 
and we want him to continue to make us a lot of money. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Eagles so, Bucks. So Five, Eagles Bucks. Eagles Bucks is what we want. Um, what do you think, Bill? AJ Brown, or you want to go with your boy? You mentioned your boy Devont. Uh, Deon. What's his name? Smith. And now I fucked you up. Well, it's not DeAndre. It's Devonte. Devonte <laughs> Smith. My 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 apologies. You can't Dude, expect you a white guy of a certain Yo, age to get the DeAndres you, and Devontes. I mean, you know, you think, I'm fucking white tay. I'm too fucking yeah. white tay over here. Bill, you think it, you think in training camp he goes, all right, we need all the Devontes on the right and DeAndres on the left. <laughs> <laughs> and then the field goal kickers. Get all the Billies and Bobbies over there. <laughs> they don't even name white guys Bill and Bob anymore. I have like a fucking. Oh. I got my name's gonna be like Ebenezer if I live long enough. Oh fuck! Okay, record, all right. Um, I'm going with. I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles. Uh, I like uh, Jalen Hurts is gonna throw one. He's got okay. too many weapons there. Even if they take away that their number one option, they got a they got enough. They got a one point five option. And Mr. Smith, I'll call him that. Mr. Smith goes to Tampa, Paul. Gonna catch one deep over a fucking cornerback. So that's my first thing. Um, so then there you go. The over under. No, there you go. You just said it. We get the. Uh, we could take the, the Eagles with the spread. What's his name to throw one, and what's his name to catch one? Right. Jalen Hurts and Devontae. What? Like, who's the number one receiver? AJ Brown. I think AJ. Let's go with AJ. I like AJ. I think AJ gets one. AJ Jaylen Brown gets one. Yeah, he and throws then it they to cover. him and, and they cover the fucking spread. I love it. I like that. We went I conservative. Like we didn't try to get cute this week. Beast mode. We didn't try I, to throw it, get a fucking interception and lose the ball. Listen, <laughs> our picks are in, but let's just take two minutes, two minutes here. To talk about this other game, this game, these games with the big lines. The two big lines are obviously nobody's believing in the Bears, but I would, I'm curious, and I know people think I'm nuts. The Giants head coach just says Saquon's actually a lot better. He might be playing on Thursday. I'm wondering if the 10 points with the Giants is like everybody thinks the Giants are going to get blown out and they're coming off that win, and everyone's like, oh, you know, but it was against Arizona. I don't know, dude. Ten points is a lot in the NFL. What do you think about that? You think the Giants are going to lose by more than that? I would stay away from the Giants. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. Yeah. Other than go, I mean, I mean, are you impressed after two weeks, Paul? I've never seen anything like that. You can't trust them. They're just you, like you've let up almost fucking a hundred points in two goddamn games, and you came back against the Cardinals, but you know the Cardinals stink. Now you're going up against you know one of the best teams in in the uh, the NFL. Um, I, you know, 10 points is a lot. I always feel like on those fucking games, they actually, they start covering and then they take their foot off, off the gas and you get the backdoor cover. I hate that fucking game. Yeah. I hate that game. I would stay away from that game, Paul. Like I would stay away from a fucking, I don't know, a fucking <laughs> hooker. Well, Bill is Bill is five hundred right now at even, and after Paul Super Bowl, is. I'd stay away from that game. Like I'd back. stay away from a hooker after Super Bowl weekend. How about that? You don't know what's flying around down there. All right. I mean, in case you, but what if you won big money? Paul, what if for once you didn't bet with your heart? Last week I you didn't... bet on the Raiders because they had an Italian under center. And you knew you went against your fucking gut, Paul. 
You had a good team coming off a loss, going at home. And all you saw was a fucking big bowl of goddamn ziti and you jumped all over it. I mean, he's a good-looking Italian kid. What do you want me to do? Boy, you... you couldn't lay off. It was a football game, Paul. It wasn't a Bronx tale. <laughs> <laughs> I got fucking Tony C. Tony C. I got what the fucking points. All right, here's an NFL trivia question. Who was the last badass Italian wide receiver in the NFL? Because the only one I could think of wasn't even a receiver. It was Mark Bavaro. Who Mark was, Bavaro was the first name I thought of. He was a tight end, though. He was a tight end. There was no, I don't know any Italians that just ran fucking post. You guys can't lay off the bread. You can't make weight at the fucking wide receiver. You know, you have to, after 25, you're going to be a tight end. It'll come in on blocking downs. Yeah, they're um, like, dude, Bartolucci just ran a 5-2, 4-3. We got to cut him. <laughs> Let's see, Saragusa, rest his soul. Rest his soul, yeah. A lot of tight uniforms with the uh, the vowels. Well, the Bosa brothers, Nick and Joey Bosa are there, but they're they're defensive, they're animals, but they're defensive ends. Oh, dude, come on, dude. Those 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 are that that's Mediterranean Italian. I'm talking American Italian. Those guys got they look like they're sipping a cappuccino after they kick your fucking ass out there. Dude, you gotta how about love the-, the Bosa brothers. Oh, dude, they're they're fucking hilarious, dude. Uh hey, fuck Frank. And fuck the fucking Bosa brothers. Oh, bury those cockroaches. Um, what the hell was I just gonna say? Oh, dude, how about the Knicks getting that shooter? Talk about a fucking baller who's Italian. Dante DiVincenzo is on the Knicks. Kid's a shooter too. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: he's Italian with red hair. He's an Italian red hair kid. Kid shoots the lights out. Won two national championships with Villanova. Um, I don't know, man. He sounds like, like an. It's like Bill and Paul had a kid. Protection of me. <laughs> Did you hear what Andrew said? What did he say? <laughs> it's it's like, like Bill and Paul, Paul had, had a kid. kid. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, our baby made it to the Knicks, <laughs> and he kept his hair. Ah! <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you, man. This they might only be- draft. They only drafted him because they knew Paul was going to buy enough jerseys to, <laughs> jerseys to pay, make payroll if they got an Italian kid. <laughs> oh, dude, I'll be out in Little Italy passing off the back of a truck. Who wants the DiVincenzo? Got it $50. I got $50 off. Uh, oh, dude. Can you All still right, see me? Bobby Kelly's calling me. <laughs> um, oh, dude, this was a fun one. This is one of the funniest ones ever. I, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, enjoyed our picks. Uh Bill, you know, Bill's picks, you know, my picks, Monday night special, Jalen Hurts to throw one, A.J. Brown to catch one, Philadelphia Eagles to cover over the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks with that line is five, Andrew. And you know what the best thing about this game's going to be, Paul? It's in five Tampa. The five best part about that game is it's in Tampa. It's not A in lot Philly. Of them- so I don't have to fucking listen to him once again. Tell me how to order a fucking Philly cheesesteak fucking sandwich. Yeah. Uh, most of the money's actually going to the Bucks right now, as far as today goes. 63% of all the money uh, is on the Bucks, which is actually, you know, it's good. It's good to go against the grain. On I this. wouldn't be, listen, I wouldn't be in that stadium if I was performing in Tampa and you gave me tickets. I would not go because when you get... When you get those Philly fans that are getting riled up against those like low key, easygoing Florida fans who got pirate hats and fucking Slurpees, 
and then you get some Philadelphia thing that is not going to go yeah, well. Get coming with Jimmy Buffett vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. There you guys have it. This has been NFL picks week number three. Please remember guys to go. And if you want to have fun with us and bet with us, go download the BetMGM app, put in as little as $10, at least $10. And, uh, you will get $200, uh, to play with regardless of what your initial bet, uh, wins or loses and just bet responsibly. Download the BetMGM app. Use code BURR200. That's B-U-R-R-200 for all of these promotions. If you want to go to their uh, survival pool, it's still available. You can't get the grand prize if you get in week three because you didn't get in at the beginning. But there'll still be prizes, and you could get in, pick a team. And uh, if the team doesn't get eliminated, you go all the way down the line. And, uh, yeah, use use uh, code uh, BURR200. And also, um, Andrew, there's an icon on the on the site for uh, our Monday night special. You'll see. Uh, yeah, if, you'll see. Yeah, if you go to BetMGM and, and you click. Yep, go to BetMGM, click NFL at the top. You'll see uh, the Anything Better. Uh, a lot of people have been uh, taking the bet. Patriots will have a convincing victory against an unconvincing team in the New York Jets this week. I'm telling you, you can take that to the bank, Paul. I love that pick, uh, and that's it. Bet responsibly. Click mine and Bill's pretty face on the thing and get involved in our Monday night special. Enjoy, and we will be back next week. Yes, for have week fun. Don't, don't bet like a jerk-off. Have a good time. All right. Drink it. responsibly. All right, bye, guys. Bye.